I can confirm we are live. Awesome. Thank you all for joining us, whoever's here. Uh, my name is Stephen Borbell. I'm the driver of the number two Ford Mustang for Next Level Motorsports. Uh, I'm joined by the uh, driver of the number 71. Carl, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, this is uh, Carl Pooler driving the 71 uh, Chevrolet Camaro. Awesome. And down below Carl, we have Richard. Richard, go ahead. Hey, everybody. Richard Wolfsford here, driver of the 56 Chevy Camaro for Limitless Esports. Glad to be here for episode two of the Holler podcast. We're excited to have you. And to his left, we have a special guest for this week. Adam, let us know about you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Adam Buzio. I am the driver of the number five Idealist International TriVista Mustang. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. I'm excited to get rolling here in our second episode. Um, thank you for coming back. If you uh, paid attention to our first episode, this is the Holler Podcast where we discuss all things NASCAR and the Butt Kicker Cup Series. I wanted to take a moment and uh, shout out our sponsors real quick. We have Butt Kicker, the leader in haptics, Sundance Pizza, Idealis, and TriVista. Um, Y'all make us a league. Y'all make us run. And we are so excited to have each and every one of y'all on. So, we had a very exciting week. Adam is here because he has won his first race of the season. He finally broke that forever third curse. Um, I, I don't know how long of a, a drought it's been. Adam, do you have a number of how many races it's been? Well, I know it's been league as far as... probably around 60 i would think yeah i've had a couple wins in in different um cars and other leagues but as far as the league that we've all been a part of together for the last you know couple years it's it's been quite a while that's awesome well i'm very excited so in just a second if y'all want to take a moment to uh discuss anything that y'all have done throughout the week i have to fix something real quick yeah, um, you know, Adam, it's funny uh, you, you mentioned that because this Forever Third curse started, oh, this has been a couple of years now because I remember um, the, I knew of you and uh, when you brought around the uh, the Wicked Racing League, uh, you first brought on Freaky, uh, Freaky Fast Broadcasting and I was a commentator for that. In fact, you were the first or one of the first leagues that I was actually primary commentator on. And I do remember you coming in, having speed, and I was talking about you, uh, you know, getting there, and you were you were always in the conversation, top five, top ten, and that's where kind of the forever third curse started, Adam. <laughs> and so you seeing you win and actually being a part of that race last night was actually really fun to see, and and, and the fact that you ran out of gas coming out of four on the last lap is just kind of a cherry on top for that win. Well, I had to make it dramatic. We we all waited so long for it, so. I had to, had to add a little bit of flavor at the end. Definitely did, and it was very exciting. Uh, since we're on the topic of last week's race, let me go ahead and pull up the results. So last week we were uh, at Dover Motor Speedway for the K1 Speed 175, and like we mentioned, um, Adam went ahead and took ahead first. We had Gavin coming in second, um, followed by myself in third. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> so, so that brings me, I guess, to my first point. Um, 
Adam, you, me, and uh, Gavin make up Next Level Motorsports. It was a it was a big night for us. Um, getting the one, two, three, and sweeping the podium is very exciting. I know as a team. Um, Carl and uh, Richard, you two uh, were a little bit further down the list, I believe in fifth and sixth. Carl and Richard, uh, respectively. Um, so Carl, I beat you again by those two positions this time. Um, yeah. But Carl, what time. is that? How many how many times have you finished? Oh no, you finished fifth this time, so you're not forever fourth. I, I, I finished <laughs> fifth. So, and that's the thing is, I was, oh man, and Evan, I was finished behind Evan Patinko, who finished fourth. Uh, by the way, it was great racing him, uh, and uh, and it kind of sucks because it, it it turned out to be a fuel strategy race. Obviously, we started talking about uh, yeah, uh, you know, Adam, you're running out of fuel, and Evan did the same thing. He ran out of fuel halfway through three and four on that last lap, and I was just too far. I was about four tenths out. About that time, and I I dove it into three and four. I was wanted that spot so fast, so bad, but I couldn't uh, get it to grip, and so I ended up about two tenths at behind him. So I, it, it just sucks. But I had an extra lap of fuel. I was saving, and I had an extra lap of fuel. And I'm since Tuesday, I've been thinking about how to how I could have changed it, and then maybe I could have possibly gunned it a little harder in those two last laps, and maybe gotten that position, but. If I didn't make it, then I was going to lose that spot to Richard, and I could not let that happen. No couldn't, way. You couldn't bear to wow. live with that. Wow. Not rude couldn't, at all. I see it. how it is. So speaking of that race, another notable point. Um, we did have zero cautions for incident. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the first time I've remembered that this season, if not um, any seasons, besides maybe like Talladega or something where it's reasonable to happen. Um, you go to Dover for 175 laps. You never expect no cautions for incident. Yes, we had two stage breaks, but no cautions for incident was amazing. Uh, big shout out to all the drivers in the in the race for keeping it clean. And I know there was a little incident um, maybe during that third stage, but no caution was brought out, so it was good to see. And I know Adam was uh, was thankful for that. I was, yeah. I I mentioned it in my interview too, man. I mean, I. Uh, in my interview, I mentioned how proud I was of, of everybody. I mean, first of all, we just came before our break. We just came off of our longest race of the year. We did 400 miles at Charlotte, and I believe had how how many yellows did we have at Charlotte? I think we had eight total, so Correct. two for stage, so, so six for incident. So six cautions in a 400-mile race. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's fantastic to begin with. And then we go to Dover for 175 laps, and – no no major incidents i i was just so so proud of of everybody and how they they handled the cars you know i i was nervous going into it because you know we had the break i wasn't sure how much practice people were putting in and it was it was not what i expected at all so and and you know the thing was it wasn't that like guys weren't wrecking because uh i had started in the back i had a really bad qualification uh coming out of four i turned the car and you know got a zero x or whatever <laughs> so it, it failed my last lap but i mean drivers were they were definitely getting loose they were definitely hitting the wall um i did see from back there like three drivers that did slide all the way down the track so but they were still able to keep control of their car and not just stop on the track or come completely sideways to bring out a caution so it was phenomenal work by everybody on the track because dover is not an easy track for a concrete no. track it is loose it is very loose and the way that the car changes throughout the race, like it, it, it feels really tight when you go into the turn at times, 
And then, like, when you try to get into the gas coming out, the car just wants to snap sideways. And it's, it's like, everybody did a phenomenal job controlling their car to keep us under the uh, no-incident cautions. Definitely agree. And so we had the stage one winner of Gavin Rogers. Um, I know he came back and uh, caught up to Ronnie um, near the end there. I think it was with two to go in the stage, um, passed him and got the stage there. But uh, Ronnie got his revenge in the second stage, taking the stage two win. Um, There were only six lead changes in this race. Uh, Rather, I guess, uneventful and passing for first, but doesn't make it a bad race by any means. Um, and there were no passes for the lead on the last stage. Adam took off with it and he ran away with it and hid until the very end. <laughs> wow. That smug look he just gave. Hey, <laughs> I get one, one race out of this season to be smug. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. No, you, de- you deserve it. But, um, one thing I did want to bring up, uh, about last race during the last stage, Ronnie was the first person, to my knowledge, to come in and pit with 45-ish laps to go. Sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, 40, 45, something like that. Just wanted to get y'all's thoughts because I I, I want to know y'all's plan. I know Adam and I's plan, or Adam, uh, Gavin, and myself, um, we planned of trying to make it because we looked at our fuel numbers and it looked like we could realistically make it and not stretch it too far. Adam, Adam stretched it a little <laughs> too far at the end, but... No, like we, we, we wanted to stay out. We wanted to gamble on it and didn't think we needed to stop. So what, what was y'all's strategy on that? Uh, I mean, I was I was under the same thought. Like Carl, when him and I came out of the pits, I was like, I told him, I was like, man, by the time we go green, it's going to go only be like eight, maybe nine laps over what the fuel window was. I was like, Carl, I'm, I mean, I have nothing to lose. I, I'm not fast at Dover. I wasn't fast the entire practice. My qualification was kind of botched. And I was like, I the only thing I have to do is gamble. I'm going to try and see who's not going to save gas, who doesn't think they can make it. So literally from this drop of the green flag, the entire third stage, I was on the clutch going into the turn about halfway through the turn, and then I was getting on the gas. So it was it was definitely the strategy I wanted to do to try to get make it for fuel. And I did. Like at the end of the race, I had three laps to the good. So I'm probably saved a little bit too much, but I'm I'm not complaining with a sixth place finish at Dover. Well, and you know, uh, as crazy as it was, when the green flag came out at the beginning of stage three, I wasn't thinking about fuel. I was thinking about tires. Uh, because I had it was a tale of two races for me in one race. Uh the first stage, I qualified sixth, I ended up eighth or ninth. I burned up my right front. My right front was down to 24%. I was toast. It was over for me. Um, So that whole race I was learning, I'm not good at Dover in the first place. So um, after learning a little bit in the first and second stages, we enter the third stage and I start thinking, and I think as I come out, the green flag flies, my fuel numbers were reading 78 laps and we were going green with 80, 81 laps, something like that. And so my thought process was, I need to save tires. If fuel comes down to it, I, I can get tires, it's no big deal with the splash and go, whatever, maybe two tires, but I was really focused on tires. And then as the run started going, started going, uh, started lifting a little earlier, and it, it, the fuel number started to work out in my favor. Um, and I've been in Ronnie's position. Oh my God, I've been in Ronnie's position. And I'll be straight up, I think I mentioned it last week where Dover is one of my worst tracks to, uh, statistically um, in terms of DNFs, finishing position, qualified position, you name it, it's one of my worst ones. And so I was just more focused on a decent finish, 
um, hoping for another top five, another top four, whatever I could do. But saving the tires was the most important factor. In fact, uh, the practice race that we hosted, or Adam hosted Monday, I was all about tire saving. And so the fuel window was kind of on the back of my mind. The tires were the forward. So as the run started going, um, I started easing on the tires, and then I found out, hey, if I keep this pace, I can actually save enough fuel just to make it. And I did end up with one extra lap, and maybe I could have gotten that fourth place if I push a little hard towards the end. But again, those tires were in the back of my mind. So, you know, I, I've been... Make a full fuel run. But I've also seen it to where if you don't pit then you burn up your tires, you slow up, and you end up losing the race anyway. So it's kind of one of those darned if you do, darned if you don't. And Ronnie had the speed to do kind of whatever he wanted. It just didn't work out because I honestly think he was expecting everyone else to pit for at least tires. And he took a chance because he actually has that cushion. He's still in the lead of the standings right now by nine points. He has that cushion. He could experiment a little bit. And uh, this may be kind of a conspiracy thinking anyway, but I think this also was a opportunity for Ronnie to test everyone else. Test Gavin, test Adam, test you, Stephen, in terms of tire saving, fuel saving. So this was our fifth race of the season. He could use that in the back of his mind, seeing how we all save tires, save fuel, and maybe in the championship race or come Phoenix or maybe getting to that cutoff line, he can use some of that knowledge that he gained at Dover later on in the season. Definitely. And it was interesting of the tires were so important. Um, I was worried that I burned them up too quickly in that last stage, um, trying to keep pace with Adam. Adam, I don't know how you saved the tires like you did um, while pulling away. Um, but then towards the end of it, I, I saw Evan and yourself, Carl, um, closing in on me at times, and then I maybe I'd get free and pull away. Um, but I, I do think Ronnie as smart of a driver and as good of a driver he is, he's definitely going to take a lot from that. Um, I know he is not happy at all with how he finished, um, how it shook out. If he was just one caution away from being able to take over that race, uh, if he got yeah. that caution, um, even when he was one lap down just to get his, his lap back, mm -hmm. and yes, he would be behind, I don't know, eight of us or something, but he, he would have been right in the thick of things. I know, speaking from being in the lead at the time i mean i was so focused on my relative there for a while and i and i saw ronnie once he got into second and he he caught me a little bit maybe five or six tenths but then the the gap stabilized i know he had a charge really hard at the beginning of stage three because you know he he pitted in the lead did some optional repairs got cycled a little bit further back so i'm i'm sure he probably wore out his tires to a point working his way up through the through traffic but steven you and i had talked about it i mean pit pit road here under green is a death sentence oh, yeah. it's so long it's 35 miles per hour um it's just i was so surprised to see him pit i really was i i couldn't believe it when he went down um i knew i was trying to avoid it at, at all costs so it was surprising but i agree i agree that with Steven that I or with Carl um he's going to take a lot from this I think I think maybe to a point he was testing us all a little bit um you know even if it wasn't so much to use things later on but well they know I'm fast I'm going to pit what are they going to do kind of thing um 
he was obviously quick. It just it just didn't shake out for him. Exactly. Two laps down at any track is hard to come back from. Oh yeah, once la- once we oh. saw him come out two laps down, yeah, uh, it's almost over from there unless we get a just a slew of cautions. But even then, yeah, even with the yellows, because yeah. you're going to have a lot of people one lap down before before you even get a shot at it. Definitely. So it was yeah, you win some, you lose some, man. That was um that one just didn't pan out. But I think for that point, even with the two laps down, like. Uh, I feel it would have been more of a possibility of him getting him back more than we think because you know the one thing that like people people like to say is cautions breed cautions. And oh when you're sure. That when you're that late in the race, people aren't going to be playing nice because no. every single one of us would have pit. We would have got new tires. We would have got fuel. Then it would have been good for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. Like that was not a question that whether it was going to happen or not. So at that point, now everybody's like, all right, now it's it's into the race time. We need to make moves. So I think that. If a caution would have came out when Ronnie made his pit stop and was the two laps down, I feel it would have started the chain of cautions that could have happened during the race. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's theoretical talk right there because it didn't happen. We had a phenomenal no caution race, which you know was unheard of really in a lot of leagues. You know, and especially in a league where we have an I rating um, requ- requirement, like we don't have these e-nascar level you know road race uh road to pro level drivers uh in our league it's all you know basically the weekend warriors that are coming out you know when they have a chance to step away from their kids to average race yeah your average joe you know gamers sim racers the guys just do it for fun so that's what we're doing this for so to have that many drivers out on this on dover and not have a caution for incident like it unheard of and it's yeah. it's amazing to hear but I, I do think that if a caution would have came out in that third stage right after ronnie had gotten into the pit i feel it would have started a chain of cautions and i feel ronnie would have been back on the lead lap and the race could have turned out 100 percent different oh sure it, it wasn't inherently a bad pit call it it just didn't work out yeah it's well a, yeah well, exactly. respect. that's all yeah. Yeah. Well, and Ronnie wasn't the only one to pit. Um, I think Jared yeah, Hughes pit. I yeah. think Brendan Maddox pit as well. So, um, on top of and Adam, you hit on it. It is a nightmare pit road under green. Yeah. Um, I, how many people? How many times have we seen it in leagues, official races on the service itself that someone pulls in and yeah, I mean, he may have gotten it good, but if someone saw saw that and was trying to match that strategy but didn't hit his marks on pit road, spun out, hit the barrier, you know, come back on track, there's that yellow, and, yeah. and it just it, it's that just makes this that race so much more mind boggling the lack of cautions it, uh right, just un- unbelievable green flag stops no cautions uh even sp- self spins no cautions because not only and, and yes again back to the drivers there's so many instances where these drivers could have just parked it on the track and towed back and that would have pulled the caution yeah but all these guys and uh you know i think i was talking to richard uh, at the end of uh tuesday night is the amount of respect all the drivers have for everyone else the race the product themselves it's unbelievable. I've never seen it. I've never been a part of it. And and I, I we hit it on it last week too, uh, Stephen, Richard, with our pro, uh, episode one is these guys, we have a very rare set of group. And yeah, we may not be the most talented racers, but everyone respects each other. Everyone wants everyone else to do better. And uh, it just it just makes the product that much more foreign, much more fun for everyone else. Dover for me, I dread Dover. Anytime I see it on the schedule, I dread it. My shoulders are still a little sore. That was the most fun Dover race I have ever had in the two, three years I've been on the service. 
yeah, not even close. And I think the great thing about the respect that comes with all the drivers here is you got to look at a lot of these guys, like we were talking about, the average Joes. Maybe this could be one of the only nights that they have a chance to race. So yeah, they don't they don't want to be the issue in the league. They want to be able to sit there and have fun and want everybody to enjoy green flag runs. So, I mean, we even have people out there that have disconnected before, like Dustin Stallings. He disconnected last night. He disconnected last night and still came back to run laps with us. Like, that is that is phenomenal. That is what, you know, Adam, you've done a phenomenal job building what we've had here. Um, and to be able to find the drivers that still want to come in, even if they're four, five, six laps down, and still put out laps, like, that is just fantastic to see in any league. So, and... It's the respect that everybody has. Me and Carl mentioned it every time we've raced in this league so far. It's just, it's it's amazing to see, and it's just a great product. And we hope that you know we continue to grow as a league and get more like-minded drivers that want to experience this and want to add to this um, to just increase the racing product. With because I mean, any race looks better with more cars on the track, but sure. We obviously don't want Rex. So um, just the amount of respect everybody has has just been mind-boggling and just amazing to see. I used the term lightning in a bottle last night. I don't know how we got it. I don't know how we caught it. But I'm super, super thankful and and super proud of of how all everything's going. Definitely. And it's only the beginning, hopefully, for all of us. Um, Yeah. We we know that we're not necessarily at our our goal um, car count yet. Um, we still have a long way to go, but I'm excited of the people that we have in place here. Um, I'm confident in all of them and all of y'all, and I know we're going to get it done. It's just going to take a little bit of time. No doubt. So with that, we will move on to our next segment of the meatball of the week. Um, I had a hard time thinking about this one, so I'm going to defer and who better to defer to than our guest of the week, (laughs) Adam, I don't know if, (laughs) if you're familiar with the meatball of the week, but basically the meatball of the week, um, we pick a, a driver or Maybe it could be Rev sometimes. I mean, it could be race control. It could be broadcast. It could be anyone associated with the league or the race um, from Tuesday that made a stupid move, all all in lightheartedness, nothing too serious. Um, but just go ahead. What, what you got for us? Ooh, on the spot here. Um, it's kind of a hard race to pick this for because there it, it was so straightforward. I mean, the I hate to go back to it but the the only thing that really comes to mind and it wasn't i just mentioned it it wasn't inherently a bad idea but the end result i would have to go with probably ronnie pitting um that's even if he would have stayed out with awful tires he was still fast enough to probably finish second or third right um so just because of the way that panned out Maybe he was a little quick to do it. You know what I mean? That, that I'd have to give that the meatball for me. I can't really think of anything else that went wrong on track. No, to, I, I to think bring that's up the only like questionable call that um, yeah all of us know about in the race. So it's it's <laughs> it's not wrong. But Richard, uh, Carl, do y'all have anything different than that? Uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. The the probably Ronnie Norman pitting, I can definitely see. Um, but I mean, that goes to long, like some of us drivers have been, you know, racing with each other for quite a few seasons. So we know, like, I mean, I think the strategy call that I did for me and Carl to stay out, like I knew that next level was going to be staying out. I knew you guys were going to be pushing that, that fuel limit. So, um, 
And I think probably from the back of the field standpoint, I'd have to say, oh man, either Patrick Hernandez or, or Brandon Maddox. And it's not, it's, it, they just got loose coming out of the turns. And Brandon Maddox, he just got loose and slid all the way down to the inside wall and smacked it pretty hard. Ended up, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I did hear something say like he did have a bent uh, rim in his his Twitch clip that he posted mm. or a bent tire. So he he definitely got some mechanical damage, but he was still able to finish the race with no actual meat bog flag. But um, and then Patrick Hernandez, I think he just overcorrected when he started getting loose and then smacked the outside wall really hard, which gave him a meatball. So. But it, it definitely is kind of hard to give a meatball of the week when there's really nothing majorly bad that happened. But I think I could agree with Adam on that. I think the meatball of the week would have to go with Ronnie just because, um, like you said, not a bad call. Um, overall, that's a smart call uh, to, to pit because, uh, you know, you never know. But um, just just an unfortunate didn't pan out the way that he was hoping. You, you know, um he, he... Ronnie's um, experiment is definitely well documented, so I am going to kind of pick on our broadcasters here a little oh, bit, and boy. Trevor especially. Um, I actually oh, no. watched the broadcast like I always do for the Virtual Racing Network, and um, I was watching it, and there was a time uh, they, I think, qualifying was done. We were grading up, and he pulled up the season standings. I noticed that the leader in the standings only had 80 points. So I'm going to pick on Trevor here a little bit. I think he pulled up the wrong season standings. Um, so I am going to pick on Trevor a little bit. And that's going to be my meatball this week is uh, Trevor pulling up the wrong standings Carl, uh, going into the race. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Man. That is Gold something star. that I, I saw and I, I completely forgot that I saw. But in the moment, I personally am like, I'm, I'm infuriated because I'm like, I updated the standings finally this week. And, and they dare to use the old standings. Um, not that serious, but that, that's a good call out. And it's a good uh, good segue into uh, to the standings, that is. So we do have our updated standings now. Um, let's see here. So Ronnie does hold on to the uh, to the points lead uh, by seven points over Gavin. It's a lot tighter than it was, um, but the rest of the field uh, is still pretty far away from them too. Uh, let's see here. So Richard, you were eleven points out of the top ten last week going into this race. You are now fourteen points up, um, over eleventh. So you're safe for now. How do you yeah, we say for now, Coda's coming up. So. Exactly. <laughs> and basically, like, being 14 points up, uh, how, how do you attack the remaining races in the regular season? Uh, do, you, do you go all out? Do you try to play a little conservative, trying to, to gain some points from that race that you missed? Or, or what, what's your strategy going forward? I mean, I would love to say, you know, I want to try to get as many points as I possibly can. I'm going to go all out. I know what my skill level is. I know where my strengths lie. <laughs> I am aiming to just be consistent. I'm finally having a very consistent. Well, I can't say that because I did blow my motor two for first races of this league. So it's those Chevy motors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Okay. Well, let's say a Ford caused one of them, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. It, um, honestly, I'm just going to be consistent. I. Um, I just, I just want to be consistent, be safe. I want to be able to finish the races. Um, top 10s, that's what I want to aim for. I want to aim for top 10s every race the rest of the season. That's yeah. that's my goal. So um, just to be able to make, uh, yeah, just to be able to make the, the chase 
um, that's just going to be the overall goal for me. Um, if, you know, something happens and a luck, you know, strike of good luck, you know, comes about sweet. Well, that'll be freaking awesome. But, um, yeah, just consistency top tens. That's what I'm looking for. And, you know, I put in, uh, you know, a couple hours yesterday of practice at Coda and that's probably the best I've ever raced or driven on a road course in the, the next gen cars. These, I don't feel these cars drive very well on them. So, <laughs> Uh, I'm actually looking forward to a road course race oh, wow. in a cup car, and that's not heard of coming from me. <laughs> How about that, that huh? That's, a, that's very exciting to hear. And your your goal of top tens, I feel like, is a very uh, fair goal. It's very realistic and attainable. Um, so good luck with that. We'll see if uh, that holds on, and uh, I'm sure we'll see next week whenever you finish, uh, wherever you do. We can either poke fun at you or congratulate you. That's fine. I'll take the poke fun. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Carl, with Adam's win, um, he did take fourth place in points from you. Um, he did push you back to fifth. You are, however, 90 points ahead of 11th. Um, so you've got a pretty sizable cushion um, to be in the chase. So you must be feeling pretty good about that. I'm going to ask you the same question. So how do you attack the rest of the season? With the cushion that you have, are you willing to make more risky strategy calls? You know, um, strategy is such a double-edged blade. It can either, you know, really work out for you or really hurt you uh, like Michigan last year, Adam. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Um, Oh, let's not talk about that, please. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Um, But no, strategy can be so tricky. I think I'm, I'm getting more of a feel... Um, racing around everyone. Um, and, and I think being able to have my finishes, I think it was 15th at Talladega and then a 4th, 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 and 5th on Tuesday, I'm beginning to race around the the, the faster drivers, such as Adam, such as you, Stephen, um, Gavin. I'm, I'm being able to rub doors with a lot of these guys and learn a little bit more of the nuances of how to drive it. Um, maybe not necessarily be so bold in the strategy, but maybe actually being a little more aggressive on track, being able to, um, uh, I, I mean, I think last week we hit on, I got a new rig. I'm still getting things tuned up. And um, I was watching the race again uh, from the broadcast. And I realized like I'm, I'm on the track and I feel like, and there was a couple times animals on my outside. And I'm like, man, I have to be right on his door. Well, those times I went through the, the broadcast and you can almost fit a full car through there. So I think I need to toe the line a little bit better and maybe squeeze a couple more inches out of the track, squeeze just one more lap of fuel or uh, save the tires more. I think I need to do more on track rather than on the strategy because strategy is really wild and there's no you know, guaranteeing it's out of my control. The strategy kind of is out of my control, depending on the cautions. Like we all expected cautions on Tuesday, but if I can control my driving and do a little, maybe be a little more aggressive, be uh, maybe just a little more on the throttle here or dive into the corner there. Um, Coda coming up next week will definitely be a good test of that. Um, a lot of us are um, testing for Daytona 24 next week, and uh, just kind of an off thing. I do. A lot of, especially the oval drivers, do just something a little different to get out of your norm. And I think a lot of that can help with that race in Coda. Um, but like I said, a lot of it's racing around the top guys. Uh, I'm, I did, I pulled some stats. And 
of all the top four, five drivers in the standings, Adam is the only one to have completed all 911 laps so far in five races. Um, everyone else, uh, Ronnie, Gavin, uh, you, Steven, and myself, 910 laps due to that last lap wreck at Daytona at the beginning of the season. So it's, it's, it's being able to put in that time. Yes, practice helps, but if you can run, and, and you hear it all the time for rookies, especially um, in, in real-life NASCAR, run the laps, get the experience under you, and you can build on that. And I think that's the most important is being able to push the car but also finish the laps, get the time in, and that's what I'm really hoping to build off of. What a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, trust me, Carl came in. He's like, I got to get my homework for the, broad, for the, for the podcast hey, for a whole second there. I, I do <laughs> hate to undercut your stat, but I did finish Daytona on the lead lap, but I was a lap down at Bristol. Oh, okay, okay. Not a professional isn't right on the stats. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to call you out in front of everyone. Oh, uh, well, you know but... what? I'd rather be I'd rather be, you know, said I'm wrong than think I'm right. So I, I prefer that. Thank you, Stephen. Much appreciated. <laughs> I'm still impressed. I'm still impressed. <laughs> well, I will say Adam is one of the most if not if not the most consistent finisher um I've ever seen uh racing in the several leagues that we have together so it does not surprise me in the slightest um but adam we'll move on to you uh like i said already you have moved into fourth in the standings um just behind uh ronnie gavin and myself uh you are a little over 100 points um above 11th place so you're feeling pretty good i'm sure um and i'll ask you the same question again how do you how do you attack the remaining races in the regular season with that cushion you know, I, I don't, I don't tend to change my driving style very much when it comes to things like this. Um, like you just mentioned, I, I, I've been fortunate to finish consistently a lot, and I think a lot of that just comes down to my mindset during the races. Um, it will, I will be a little like Carl kind of just said. It won't be so much strategy, um, but just, just moves on the track. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty and I think you guys could all speak to this. I'm pretty consistent when it comes to someone. If you're, if you're quicker than me, I'm not going to make your life difficult for 10 laps because in the long run, it's going to hurt me and I'll probably be able to get back to you if I, if I save long enough, but probably won't be as easy to get around the next couple races just to try to put myself in a better position for the finish. Um, especially some of the tracks we have coming up, you know what I mean? Track position is going to be really important at a yep. few of these. Um, and I've gotten myself in that position before, you know, maybe giving a little too much and then regretting it later on down the road where maybe you're you are faster than that guy, but you just can't get the pass done for one one of several reasons. Um, so I think to to kind of follow with what Carl said, just maybe maybe being not more aggressive per se, but just uh, not as giving out there. You know what I mean? I, I might take a couple more chances than I normally would. Well, I would expect nonetheless out of you. Um, I will <laughs> say you do you do let the faster people go around you, or maybe if they're not even faster, just the people that want to move um, and burn their yeah. stuff up real early in the run. <laughs> uh, I know myself, I'm guilty of that from time to time. Um, but I don't know. We'll see going forward. It will be very exciting playing out these, what, last seven regular season races? Seven, eight, something like that? Seven. 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 So that brings up our next point. Um, 
So myself, Adam, and Carl, we consistently find ourselves near each other every single race. It doesn't matter what we do. Um, I don't want to jinx any of us right now by saying this, but I, I think we've all been pretty lucky and not been in any major incidents, uh, wrecks this season to where we've had a 15th place finish or anything like that. We haven't blown an engine like Richard down there. Um, well, actually, sorry, two engines. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so let me give you these numbers real quick. And I want to know what y'all think about it. So these are our finishing positions um, from Nashville. We're excluding Daytona because it's an outlier and it, you can only guess where people are going to finish it. It doesn't fully determine um, skill or anything like that. So myself, Nashville, I finished fifth. Adam, you finished second. Carl, you were fourth. Very close. Bristol, I was sixth. Adam, you were third. Carl was fourth. Charlotte came in third. Uh, Adam, you were seventh. Carl, fourth again. And then this past week in Dover, I finished third. Uh, Adam brought home his win. And Carl finished fifth. So that's four straight weeks now that we are all finishing within three or four positions of all of us. So all three of us finishing that close. Um, Carl, we'll start with you. Ha Does it ever get annoying um, knowing that Adam and I are always around you? Or, or do you enjoy racing with us? Actually, it's uh, uh, it, it's a comfort. It really is a comfort because I can go uh, – I mean – We'll talk about it, Adam. He mentioned uh, if you're faster, he'll let you buy. And you hit it on Steven. I went by Adam a couple times because guess what? He knew he was going to go right by me. And I repaid the favor. And and, and it's and it's that familiarity, that, that res again, respect that we can race around each other. And we could probably push each other a little harder if we wanted. And we know the other individuals going to reciprocate or do something on his own I, I think each of us has a mindset it's kind of a chess match and right now uh you hit on finishes and uh i think what separates um the the big story in the and it's kind of in between the lines is the stage finishes i i i look at the overall race i yes stage points are huge especially in you know stage racing and stuff like that and that's where especially me personally i need to do better on i need to get those points in the stages um i know there was two or three races i've led laps already and that's another point um but stages is where i'm struggling but back to your point steven is racing around uh everyone consistently you adam gavin uh richard and stuff like that getting that familiarity knowing um who i can you know maybe push into the corner a little bit or maybe i can do a dive bomb or maybe oh, i'll just try the outside line and i'll take off that e the corner exit so you can't arc it as wide um having that confidence that I know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are, you know, you're fast. Obviously, um, you both are ahead of me in the points. Um, uh, you guys have podiums. Uh, Adam won his first race in forever last week. So uh, knowing knowing to have that confidence in the races around you, I think, plays a huge part in how you race yourself. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I know for myself, at least, if I'm racing around Gavin or Adam, um, I am going to let them go nine out of ten times. Uh, I never want to hold my teammate up. Um, I'm more than willing to give up a position here and there. It, it it doesn't matter. I will say specifically with you, Carl, I do race harder. Um, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, I know if you're a lot faster than me in a certain stage or, or you have fresher tires, I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to give you a hard mm -hmm. time. But when we get down to those last five, five, six, ten laps, whatever it is, I am racing you as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I love doing that. And I'm glad we're almost always in the position to do that. It's a, it's great to have that competition. And I, I wouldn't say either of us have ever really been dirty around each other. Um, it's all been clean, hard racing. Um, yes, I have wrecked you after a race unintentionally <laughs> trying to celebrate with my teammates. Um, but no, it's really been great to, uh, to drive around such just such talented drivers as y'all it's it's funny that we're talking about this because i literally mentioned this to carl i don't know maybe a week or two ago not even just this season but for the last year and a half or so it seems like it's been me me and carl me and carl me mm -hmm. carl steven me carl steven me and carl me and carl and up until i think a couple weeks ago we had we've never had an incident we've never had a major incident mm -hmm. on track out of all of these laps we've ran next to each other you guys just both touched on it i i enjoy racing around you guys i enjoy racing around you know steven carl uh richard gavin um even some of the newer guys that we have that seem to be up in the mix a lot not so much ronnie i, I he's <laughs> usually a little bit ahead of me um but you know wait, wait, Patrick, I, i'm gonna stop you real quick you said you enjoy racing around richard oh, you gotta yeah. be around me to race around me Jesus. yeah <laughs> every everybody needs a little bit of fear you know what i mean you got someone you know you're gonna be ahead of <laughs> um even a couple of our new guys uh patrick hernandez comes to mind mm -hmm. um jared comes to mind um brendan comes to mind you know these these guys only five races in I, I feel like I'm getting a lot more I feel like we're making a lot of progress as far as learning how each each person races and and things like that but as far as the the three of us are concerned I'm always excited to race you guys because I know I know I can race you a little bit harder which makes it a little bit more fun and I don't have to worry about it and like Steven said, if I'm I'm the same way. I know if Steven or Gavin's quicker than me, or or either one of you or anybody really, I'm I'm not gonna make your life that hard. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm glad we can reciprocate that and know, especially between you know the the three or four of us, that that's gonna come back around. Definitely, and I I think I don't want to say necessarily just us doing that, but just in general of how forgiving and how respectful um each of the drivers in this league are i think it transcends through the rest of the league and other drivers see that and it allows it to be a respectful hard racing uh league which is very exciting um i did want to just read through the top 15 in the standings real quick and give some shout outs where they're due um so again we do have ronnie oh sorry disconnected real quick all right, I am back. <laughs> so what we happened? <laughs> just disconnected, but we're good. We're good. Steven, just so you know, I think your screen's doing something. All right, let's see. It's it's been doing it. Yeah, it's I, I think it's just uh some technical difficulties. I know Windows came out with an update uh, a day or two ago and there's uh, there's a lot of uh, Especially when you do Windows updates, um, it, it can really screw with a couple of things until yes. the drivers get all uh, 
all, all caught up too. But you know, uh, the standings. Um, you know, Stephen, I'm going to steal your thunder a little oh, bit. Boy. But uh, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Norman, Rogers, and yourself, Stephen, the top three. Um, Ronnie and Gavin are separated by seven points. You mentioned, um, and you know what's funny? They're separated by seven points. They also are separated by seven bonus points. Ronnie Norman has ninety for the season. Gavin and Rogers has eighty. Three. So how about that? That that's those state that's those stage points, those bonus points I hit on just a couple minutes ago. They mean so much. And even though they're in a league of their own, they still are, you know, clawing and scratching, trying to get those points. And then uh, Adam, you and I round out the top five. Um Evan Patinko in sixth. He has, you know, we don't normally Talk about him because he's one of those quiet drivers. He sits there and he does his thing. And next thing you know, he's in the top five, top ten. And uh, Evan's another one of those really respective drivers. Um, I had a great battle with him the last 30, 40 laps of Dover. I, I got up to within two tenths, but he could still just barely edge me out on the corners and everything else. So racing him's really fun. Uh, Jared Hughes, his name has come up. Uh, Bill Hells is still in eighth, even though he's not uh, racing at the moment. He, you know, he has he was diagnosed with cancer, so he's really focused on that. So really, Bill, if you're watching this, I hope you get better. We're all behind you. Um, if you need anything, you give a shout out, and we can help you as any uh, capacity we can. Um, so even. Even uh, Bill being here in the top eight is really impressive. Christopher Campbell um, in ninth. He's Christopher Campbell. I think he kind of reminds me of me when I first got into the sim. He can be really fast. He shows some flashes of speed, um, but he's really his own worst enemy. I saw him get loose a couple times at Dover, uh, getting the track figured out, and you know that that's just learning. That's just having that experience, being able to know when to get on the throttle, when to get up, drag the brake, stuff like that. And then Richard, you yourself cracking into the top ten, gaining his spots. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Erickson gaining an eleventh, and and Richard. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned two blown engines. Uh, you and I actually kind of are bumper to bumper half the time, too. So given those two blown engines, if that hadn't have happened, where do you think you would be in the standings if, you know, something if it would have gone your way? Uh, I'd probably say seventh or eighth. Um, I was actually just thinking of that before you asked. I was like, man, I wonder, wonder what my average point would have been if I would have been here for Bristol or even, you know, if I weren't the couple of laps down at Daytona and Nashville, um, if I would have finished, you know, more of a, you know, my normal spots, I would have finished, especially at Daytona. Um, but I, I would have to say between sixth and eighth, probably around that area, I feel is where I'd be kind of sitting right now. Um, but I mean, as for you and me, Carl, I mean, yeah, we're racing, we're racing each other every week as well. I mean, I've, you're a little bit better on the tire saving than I am. So you have a little bit more long, longer, uh, long race pace than I do. But, um, I mean, ever since I started racing or, you know, got back into iRacing and everything, and then I joined Limitless Esports with you, uh, I mean, you, you have helped me more than probably anybody that I've really raced with. Um, you and I actually... A lot of the practices we to get together or even like the hour before the race that we practice, like us talking of how we're going to attack the track, uh, what master cylinders we try to set each other up with, our brake bias and all that. Um, that has been tremendous help for both of us because we have been learning and bouncing stuff off mm -hmm. each other. And we both have been increasing like our, our uh, 
our talent mm-hmm. uh, through the past couple of seasons that we've been racing together. So that's that's been really fun to you know learn and to have a a teammate to be able to see the progress that both of us have made together and racing together each time. So. Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, look at Next Level Motorsports sweeping the podium at Dover. Uh, there's, it, it's not so hard deal. to find a re- <laughs> not a big it's deal. It's a big deal. It's, a, <laughs> it, 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 it's there's no it's replacement a next level deal. Get used to it. <laughs> and 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 there's no replacement for having. Yes, you know, I especially early on in my iRacing career, I go out and and that's my thing is. Um, I went to WyoTech and I was a welder and or attempted to weld, I should say. And uh, one of the one one of the instructors there, uh, they said half the time they actually really enjoy and it's better if you have no experience. So then they can teach you the proper way of doing things because sometimes as you know you gain experience, you do something maybe you learn something the wrong way or your technique is wrong or something like that, and. If you have no one there to reflect upon, you don't reflect upon yourself, you learn those bad habits. That's the hard thing about being solo or, you know, trying something yourself is you have no one to bounce that off of. So if you're doing something bad, you you really don't know until it already happens. And then it's hard to find what's right. And so I think that's, you know, having those teammates, having that idea to bounce off of is huge, especially in racing, you know, even I racing. Um, but I'm going to wrap out the top 15, like Steven said. Uh, Eric Hauk missed last week, but I think he had something going on. Uh, he's sitting there in 12th. Zachary King in 13th, gaining two spots at Dover. And he mentioned it himself, finishing in the top 10 on the lead lap at Dover as a rookie driver. Absolutely astonishing. Um, it, it very good on Zach, and he did very well. He we keep, we brought him up last week. He's asking questions. He's really doing uh, a lot to help his own racecraft. And then we have Jeremy Clapper Newell rounding out the 14th spot, and Alex Light we haven't seen in a couple races rounding out the top 15. But Brendan Maddox in 19th gained seven spots, while Matthew Corder in the number four gained four. So um, these next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting to see uh, the standings as they progress. Definitely, and we'll get a, a closer idea of who's who's safe in the chase and who's not. Um, I know we touched on uh, Carl; you're 90 points up um, on the cut. So I, I I would say the top five are feeling pretty good and pretty safe. But then again, you never know. We have a couple super speedways here and there, and uh, things could be really shaken up. But I did want to uh, touch on the point, Carl, that you did say. First of all, thank you for for taking over and reading the standings while I'm <laughs> going through these technical difficulties. For whatever reason, uh, all of my USB drivers keep disconnecting every 30 minutes or so. So it might be an ongoing issue, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, but when you brought up teammates earlier, uh, teammates are a game changer in league racing. Um, a couple seasons, a couple years ago. Love you too, Adam. <laughs> Uh, a couple years ago, um, I came into uh, Sidewinder Racing League, a uh, league that Adam was uh, admining or managing, however you want to uh, be specific about it. But I came in as I didn't know anyone. I just came in by myself and didn't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. Um, I was new to iRacing at the time. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, it worked out fine, I guess, initially, but I, I felt like I was missing something and I needed to figure out what I was doing wrong and needed a mentor, I guess, in a way, um, or at least just someone to bounce ideas off of. It's so critical to bounce ideas off of each other and see what each other are doing, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and then I don't know if it was from there, uh, Adam and I joined 
whatever that team. I don't even remember the name of the team. Oh my goodness! But with Blaine and Nigel, um, don't want to talk too too much about them. But we, I mean, we, the, we joined a team together, right? Adam and I were part of a, a larger team, um, and it was it was good to finally have teammates in the race. We can discuss strategy with uh, in practices. We can figure out what tire strategy is working. How are you saving tires? How are you saving fuel? What lines are you taking? What's working? And, and bouncing those ideas. It, it really is a game changer. And then no offense, Adam, but Gavin coming in and us joining, actually us, us joining Gavin. Um, None taken. <laughs> has, has, has taken us to, I feel like even an, a, a next level. Um, if you, uh, if you, but, um, wow, but, wow. I mean, the play Gavin, on name there. He's right though. Gavin I, is one of those drivers that he's, in my opinion, the upper echelon of, I mean, no, we're not Coca-Cola series drivers. Um, but he's someone that I could see getting to that level, if not really close. Gavin oh, could be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If Gavin 100%. had the time, if Gavin had the time and he actually put the effort in, I I guarantee you Gavin could be in contention with uh winning the road to pro and being any NASCAR driver. Mm -hmm. It just um he has uh he has to have the time to be able to put the effort in to do it. And exactly. um I mean I would I would love to be able to assist him in any way possible to be able to try and do that. I think that would be awesome to see someone like that. Uh G Gavin's got the skill. He just he needs the practice, he needs the time seat time. Yes. He's one of those guys too. He he doesn't even have, like Steve and I, we don't follow Gavin around or, or things like he's, he's just one of those guys that if you race around him as much as Steven and I do with practice and things like that, you just can't help but to pick up on little things that he does differently the way he might set up his car. You know what I mean? He it, it's, and not just Gavin either, but just, I'm, I'm so thankful for my team. I know you guys you know, on, on your team, it, it makes such a, a big difference. People make or break a league in general. Um, and it, it, it's, it's especially true with teams. Um, and I'm super thankful that I get to race with, with you guys every week. And, and I'll even say this, like, you know, Carl and I, we used to be, our team used to be bigger, but we had two, uh, two of our drivers that had separated for their own personal reasons and started another team and, you know, good on them you know we wish them the best in whatever their endeavors are but um i mean ever since the start of this league i mean next level and limitless we both have been kind of like in like i guess you could say an unannounced partnership i guess you could say <laughs> especially especially with the 24 coming up uh for yeah. i racing the rolex 24 we have uh gavin and adam that will be joining carl and i for a next level limitless uh race and we're going to be doing the 24-hour race at daytona so but I mean, I think even uh, just a little bit that Next Level Unlimitless that we have been working together, uh, being able to practice with Adam, uh, Steven and Gavin, uh, me and Carl, like we've been picking up a lot of different things. We've been changing the way we set the car up, you know, the little things that we can change in a fixed setup that has helped us like just get better and be able to be a more competitive driver for those top five, top 10 uh, finish positions. Mm -hmm. Right, it really is invaluable to be able to bounce those ideas off of each other of seeing the different perspective so thankful for all of y'all um and i mean we're all helping each other here and that's the goal and we're having a good time so with that we will move on to uh next week's race so next week we are at coda or circuit of the americas down in austin texas one of the 
fastest growing cities, if not all of them in Texas are. But <clears throat> that's true. Yeah. For, for good reason. Um, <laughs> but CODA is next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, um, Tuesday, January 16th for the Sundance Pizza 100. Um, whoever wants to take over, what do y'all think of this track? What are some challenges? I personally have not even gotten to practice on it yet. Um, I'm slacking <laughs> on that end, but just uh, excited to watch what people do. Uh, so, so I oh, go ahead, Adam. One. You sure? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm super excited about this track. So Coda is one of the few road courses that we have an option to drive at that really gives the driver's room to race. You know what I mean? You go to Watkins Glen or Sonoma, even Daytona's road course or the Roval. I mean, it's those those corners are tight. They're tight. And if you're not in the right line, you're not going to make a pass. Um, you know, Richard and I last night, we were doing practice with uh, Dustin was there as well. And some of the, you know, some of the corners are tight and very technical, but some of them, there is so much space. And depending on how you set that corner up, how you have your car set up to brake, you know what I mean? You can really take advantage, especially on corner entry, um, if you're able to to be confident and, and take that space. Um, it has a really good mix of quick corners and then really slow technical corners. Um, I'm super excited about it. I don't have a lot of experience here. I've only raced here once, um, but I've, I've put in quite a few laps already in the last couple of days of practice and i'm i'm really looking forward to it i think it's i'm really glad we put it on the schedule this season yeah and carl i know you tried starting with adam did but since adam you know we were talking about how adam went on track last night and you know i've raced uh carl i think you and i actually have raced in a league where we raced code in the next gens um and uh you know and i'm not i'm not a fan of the road course racing in the next gen cars i think the cars are just either stupid tight sometimes are just really really loose like it's really hard to get that balance on these cars at road courses but uh i mean when i started practice last night uh from the point of when i started put down one of my first laps to um near, near the end of the night when me and adam you know finally called it i had i think gained three seconds um of speed uh and it was consistent also like i was running the same times finally consistently it 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 is a very long, I mean, the track, it's going to take one lap around that track is approximately two minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. It is a yeah. very, very long track. So it, it is, it's got long, fast straightaways. It's got really sharp, slow technical turns. And it's also got a, um, a mix of your, you know, your long winding turns that make up what we like to call the S's. So, um, yeah. it, it, it is a really <laughs> fun track to, to drive. It's, you know, as Adam was saying, the braking zones for a lot of the sharp technical turns, it's going to be, you know, do you have the confidence to get that car stopped in time to not take out your your competition and cut off their turn end into a turn so you could take that position away? Because it, it is. It's going to be, can you take the space away from the driver in front of you to be able to make the pass? That's that's going to be the name of the game at Coda. And, and, you know, I'm going to build off both of uh, what you both said. And both of them are, you guys are totally on point with this track. And, Richard, you mentioned it's um, driven uh, a league. Um, I did a full NAS schedule last year. Um, and even in officials, um, I'm not 
I think this track really favors the consistent driver uh, with the variations of uh, elevation, uh, the technical courses, the, the, the high speed and stuff like that. You, you could be very fast, but you make two, three, maybe even four big mistakes, spin out in turn one or uh, the last turn, or may, maybe in the middle of the S's, you know, you're going to lose all that time. So I think this is a track that really favors the consistent driver, being able to be consistent through all the sectors, through all the sections of the race, of the track. And it, it has a very huge potential to be great in terms of the product, the entertainment of the racing, because uh, we, I think we've even seen it in real life is some of these drivers can go side by side for half a lap. And you mentioned it, it is a long lap. So saying these drivers are going side by side for half a lap is huge in terms of, you know, keeping up the speed, keeping up, you know, uh, how you want your car to handle and everything else. And it's going to be super interesting how the rubber gets laid down with the new tire model, uh, especially through turn one, say. Uh, you know, Adam, uh, we actually brought it up. Actually, all of us brought it up in general, how Coda's coming up and turn one. Green yeah, flag is going to be absolutely huge. You can go five, six wide. Who's going to back out, give the space? Who's going to charge? And Richard, back to you. Who's going to make that mistake? Maybe not just take out themselves, but a competitor or two. Um, the runoff on this track, it's there's not a lot of grass. It's a lot of asphalt, a lot of concrete. The, the, the chances for damage are low. So the, it, the track itself has this ability to just make itself entertaining. And I think we're going to see a lot of that Tuesday night. I'll tell you what, you you hit the nail on the head. I said verbatim to Richard last night, if you make one mistake on a lap because of the way this track is configured, it's even if it's a small mistake, it's really, really hard to recover. You would think because the track's so long and there's so many corners, it would you'd be able to reset right away. But it's almost, you know, if you get thrown out of that rhythm for just a for just a second, you know what I mean? It's it's really difficult to to kind of recalibrate until you get back around mm -hmm. um and like you said with the runoff i think this track almost entices you to push it you mm -hmm. know what i mean so i'm excited i'm excited yeah it, it's it's crazy how just one small mistake really it's a heavy punishment for yeah. for your lap it's you know it's like carl was saying consistency it's just trying not to make that mistake at, at any point on that track really because it's it's hard to recover that time lost and that like that's that's a position that's two positions it just depends on where you mess up but yep uh it's just a heavy heavy punishment for any mistake at coda and um i mean you know carl you sit there and say that it's you know there's a lot of runoff on this track it's very low chance for damage but you know at the very beginning of that track you have the s's and those turtles are not friendly on the next that's gen cars because they we have They're, next gen cars are very low riding cars and you hit mm -hmm. one of those even the slightest it shoots your car pretty high in They're the air brutal. but it's also yeah it's huge massive brutal day you know punishment but i mean you're gonna mess up a tire you're gonna mess up a fender possibly you're the car's gonna violently come back down and you're just gonna lose grip and slide and spin so um it's trying to cut those s's at the right angle and the right time to not hit those turtles and potentially ruin a lap or even your race. 
And I, I'm going to hit on uh, the exact opposite of the S's. Um, and this is just how the next-gen car is. Very draft-heavy. If you can get in that draft, you're going to gain a ton of time. There are two huge straightaways on this course. So if you can get in within the striking range, in that draft range of these cars, you're almost guaranteed. If you can make it stick, it's almost guaranteed to pass if you play it right because you can gain so much time in the draft. And so uh, that just adds the complexity of this track. And you're trying to take the corner. You're trying to take uh, the S's, the straightaways, getting yourself in position. Then you're talking, we have stages. We have pit stops. We're going to need tires. We're going to need fuel. You know, this race has just about a little bit of everything that we're looking forward to uh, in, in terms of a race, it, it, especially as a driver. This could be so much fun. I had a blast at Dover. This could be even more fun. And, the you know, the funny thing is I know we keep hitting here at Coda, but it's such a big track that it should, there's a lot to talk about here. And, you know, in previous seasons and previous updates, we have noticed that taking tires at road course races at the, on the next-gen cars was not a good idea. You you actually went That's slower. Like point. it just for some odd reason the car got faster the more worn out your tires were. What I'm curious about now with the most recent update with the the way that the tire model is now with how the tracks warm up and everything, I'm going to be very curious on if tire wear is actually going to be an effect uh, a factor into the road course races for these next gen cars. I don't know how much they you know how I don't know how much they changed specifically for the road course tire wear on the next gen, but even with the new track model that they did with the warm the you know the the line the warm up line whatever <laughs> technical words I'm I can't do it, <laughs> but um I'm I'm gonna be very curious to see if that's going to be a factor uh come in Coda next week. Well, there sure are many factors and. With it being such a big track, it will be exciting to see. Um, do we know exactly how many laps? I know it's 100 miles. Is that around 40, 45 I laps? I believe it's 45 laps. 45 laps. So it will be very exciting to see. Um, and we'll move to the uh, our prediction for next week. So last week, I have to gloat for a second. I picked Adam to win. Not <laughs> out, of, out of pity. Not out of any of that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, he's I, your boss. That's why we know exactly. He is my boss and he signs my paychecks <laughs> that I don't get. And, um, he owes True. me a lot, but <laughs> so last week picked Adam, uh, y'all obviously picked the favorites of, uh, Gavin and Ronnie, um, took the easy way out. I see how it is, but we'll move on to who do we think is going to win this week? So this works as you can only pick one driver. Once someone picks them, you cannot pick them. Um, I guess, Adam, since you are our guest, we'll let you go first. That that seems to be the only fair way. Well, I am touched, personally. Um, Just to clarify, I, I forgot how long that track is. It's 30 laps to okay. make up the 100 miles because it's that it's is... over three three miles long. So um, we set it to, to three. Um, Well, I hate to make Carl and Richard's jobs harder, but just based on who I know and who I don't know and who I know is fast uh, at road courses, I got to I gotta go with my boy Gavin here. Um, he is consistently, I mean, we all know he's he's quick at, at ovals, but I've seen that that, that guy throw, throw away more road course wins than I've seen him get um, just with either bad luck that has nothing to do with him or by making a mistake. 
I can't think of a single road course we we've went to where he has not been fast. Um, obviously, Ronnie seems t- quick everywhere we go as well. Um, I haven't seen him on a road course, but I have seen him. I've watched Nora where he races in the past, and based on my poor memory, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be an interesting show. Um, but I got to go with Gavin, man. You know what I mean? We know he's quick at road courses, so no, I think he's due for one. That that's a great point, and and for those of you that don't know, um, I believe the one that always sticks out to me of road course races with Gavin uh, was last season we raced at uh, Chicago Street Course, and I think by the end yeah. of it he was up by thirty or forty seconds over second place. Something it, well, mm-hmm. maybe it was not straight quite, domination. But yeah, it was. It was it wasn't close. No. So that, that is <laughs> it wasn't even pick. just that. It was Watkins Glen also. He was a good 20 or 30 seconds mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a common occurrence with him. Um, I'll let y'all rock, paper, scissors, or whatever you want to do to decide. I'll always go last just to give y'all a chance because obviously I'm too good at guessing this. <laughs> oh, okay. He does have oh, the track yeah. record. <laughs> He's mm. one of one, guys. <laughs> hey, that one was really good, though. <laughs> that, that was a good pick. Yeah. I'm a little um, biased. So, I so a lucky I, win is what it was. I, I think I'm gonna jump on because since I finished fifth and Richard finished sixth last race, I think I'm gonna uh, take this next stop. Um, you know, Stephen, this is gonna be fun. You ready for this? If ready. it's not Gavin, I actually think either yourself or myself. Um, and it's funny you bring up Chicago Street Course, because remember, turn 11, Chicago Street Course, we're about halfway through the race, you get into my bumper, put me in the wall, give me damage, and I was on a solid, like, fifth place run at Chicago Street Course, and not a lot of drivers like Chicago Street Course. Um, I'm comfortable at Coda, um, since we ran, uh, since I've ran Coda last time, since we did a road course last time, I'm getting more comfortable in these cars, I'm getting more comfortable in the road courses, so, um, I'm gonna consider you or myself, like, a dark horse pick, maybe something happens in the last couple of laps, maybe a battle for the lead goes wrong for both the drivers, and maybe we sneak into a win, um, but I think, uh, both of us have a shot, maybe an outside shot, but a shot nonetheless to maybe get that win, get that checkered flag come Tuesday night. Only one, Carl. Pick one. Uh, <laughs> I'll choose Steven because he likes to uh, uh, push me out of the way a little bit. And I, I had completely forgotten about that that whole Chicago Street Course fiasco. Um, Carl never forgets. I, I, I'm, I'm honored um, that I am your pick this week, but I, I think you couldn't go further from the truth. <laughs> um, I like I said I have not ran one lap here I have no idea what to expect I know the track layout from just watching it in the past um, <laughs> I, I would not say road courses are my strong suit I, I was telling y'all earlier in the week about the, the Daytona 24 stuff how that that's never my strong suit and I'll usually try to back out of it if I can on those road courses I, I don't like doing them but I guess who knows maybe I'll I'll, I'll catch some fire and uh, be consistent and everyone wrecks in front of me and uh, <laughs> we get something going but that's not out of the question here man we get a late race restart maybe yeah. you're in eighth or ninth those first seven guys could end up in a lot worse situation real quick <laughs> well I mean it's a road course we probably won't have a late like especially Coda, the track's not going to be blocked there, so we won't have a full course caution except That's for the stages. True. That's a good point. That's true. That's a good point. But still, could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what I can do. But Richard, what do you got for this week's prediction? 
Well, um, since Adam chose Gavin Rogers, I'm going to choose Raven Godgers. Um, no. <laughs> Good answer. No, answer. no uh, honestly, um, seeing how much he's being in his, he's been improving in road course racing. Um, honestly, Carl, I'm going to have to go with you, man. Like we did practice for the six hour Daytona race for that, that charity race we did. And mm-hmm. you were putting down some fast laps. Now, granted, that's a GTP car. That's not mm-hmm. a next-gen car. But <laughs> I, the more and more you get more comfortable with this next-gen car that I've been seeing also, like, and you saying you are comfortable with Coda, you know the track, you like the track, I I can see you putting down some really fast laps and being consistent like you have been all season. And I think by doing that will put you in a very good uh, position to if Gavin makes that mistake to be able to strike and take it away from him at some point in time. So Carl, you're my pick for next week at Coda. Oh geez. No pressure. Uh, also <laughs> Gavin make a mistake. Um, th- th- this is, this is just not, uh, hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. <laughs> you just heard Adam say that he has thrown a Gavin few away. Thrown away road oh, that's true. That he's yes. won. So he's thrown a few away. <laughs> no, he's had true. bad luck too. He's, he's had bad luck too, but there's no, few mistakes what no charlotte last year was who wasn't wasn't it gavin that one uh that one the roval last year uh if my memory serves me correct i would say yeah okay i, I think uh, he swept both road courses that being i think Watkins you're right Glen I think, and I, the roval. I, I know for sure he won Watkins Glen. Yeah, yeah i think the season before that though i don't think he won either of our road course races mm-hmm. right even though he was more or less winning both of them mm-hmm. so because i remember specifically last season he he wanted to win that race at watkins Glen bad mm-hmm. so and he did so i love that pick richard that's a good hey pick. not only did gavin win watkins Glen last year he also won it without getting an x Oh, that's oh right. God. I think I had like he never did an Watkins off track. Glenn. He never hit anybody. He never spun. He got he won Watkins Glen by twenty or thirty seconds with a zero X. Also, mm-hmm. that's sexy. That's right. That is also impressive. That is right. That turn one runoff. Yeah, it gets you every time. Just oh, mm-hmm. it gets me every purposes, time. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I do have. I guess I could make a cop out easy pick, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> So I'm not going with Adam and I'm not going with Ronnie. Um, the the difficult thing is I don't know how a majority of these drivers drive at road courses. So it's kind of yeah, tough. more or less taking a shot in the dark, um, but also based off of what I've seen so far. Um, so my pick is Jared Hughes. I like Ooh, it. That's a good one. Like that's that. a good pick. I like it. He has just been so consistently uh, up there with speed. So I know he has the skill um, on ovals, at least that is. And I'm excited to see what he does on the road course. For some reason, I feel like his skill set is going to transfer really well to a road course. Um, so if if myself doesn't win or uh, Gavin or Adam don't win, I, I definitely hope it's Jared. I like it. I like all those picks. All right, good deal. So... We will see who is right next week. When I am right again, I will gloat once again. <laughs> we know you will. <laughs> but, the thunderous applause. 
<laughs> that gets us to our new segment, um, our Sundance Pizza Sit Down. So during this segment, our goal is to let the listeners um, and the watchers of the league know uh, a little bit more about our drivers or whoever our guest is um, for that week. So our guest this week is your K1 Speed 175 winner, Adam Buzio. So Adam, I'm going to ask you a series of questions here. Take as long or uh, go as fast as you want in answering them. Go into as much detail as you want or don't give us anything. So first question here is where are you from? I played the fifth. That is fair. (laughs) No, I am from a small town in Ohio called Vianna. It's about an hour, um, about an hour northwest of Cleveland. So I'm right on the PA border. Um, I don't live in Vianna anymore, but I still do live in Ohio. Gotcha. And, and what brought you out to Ohio? Were you born there and raised there? Or... Yeah, born and born and raised. Gotcha. Where the sausages are made. <laughs> and corn. <laughs> Lots of corn. I said, I said corn. <laughs> Pause. So, oh uh, man, you live in Ohio. You drive virtual race cars for fun. What sure is what is your job that actually gets the bills paid, though? I, I unfortunately, I know iRacing doesn't pay the bills for you yet. No, not quite. Um, so my job is super boring. Um, I am in heavy equipment, so I manage customer accounts, specifically um, their operations side of things their uh financial side of things and their equipment so i'm the guy that has to make sure they have equipment when they need it that they're leasing or buying their equipment at the correct times getting the best prices on those equipment uh best prices on that equipment and making sure that their money is where it needs to be so basically i run (laughs) a bunch of little businesses um that's a good way to I do it. I I do what I uh, my my technical title is an account manager, um, but at the end of the day, my my job is just it, it's a lot of numbers, it's a lot of math, um, but I actually enjoy it. So, well, hey, that's all that matters. As long as you enjoy it, pays the bills. Can't ask. For and they do pay more. me. Yeah, they <laughs> at least someone here is getting paid from their boss. <laughs> <laughs> World's smallest violin. You can't hear it. so we'll move on to the nascar side of things for you i already know this answer and i'm pretty sure everyone here knows this answer but who is your favorite nascar driver and why oh well it's like it's on the sweater or something (laughs) what's that helmet i'll give a a two-part answer here um all-time favorite is jeff gordon good answer Um, favorite current active driver is kyle larson why kyle larson i i I don't want to put my opinion in there but why kyle larson (laughs) (laughs) because larson is one of the few guys in i'll say nascar as a whole not even just the cup series now that is uh he's just you know man back in the I don't want to be like back in the day, but back in the day, yes, Adam these is guys, old. I mean, even older than me, believe it or not. So like, I, you know, 15 minutes before dirt kind of thing, but, um, Larson hey, we're the same just, age. Don't be saying that shit. Well, then you're aware. Um, <laughs> he's just a true 
racer. He eats, sleeps, and breathes racing. I have so much respect for the accomplishments that he has across all the different disciplines. This guy does not need to race in the off season. This guy does not need to go do two dirt races a week during the NASCAR schedule. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to race an IndyCar this year, but he does because he loves it and he's good at all of it. Oh yeah. I mean, everything this man drives, he is good at. And we haven't seen, you know, we've seen a few people like that. You know, Tony Stewart comes to mind. Obviously Mario Andretti comes to mind. Um, And I mean, just when your name is brought up in, in that kind of company, that's saying something. Um, and, and I think he's, uh, he's not the most exciting guy as far as personality goes, but I think he makes up for it on the racetrack and that's good and bad, you know, for sure. And no, I definitely agree with you. I, I would say he's probably the most talented NASCAR driver behind the wheel. Um, if you want someone to win you a race when you need it, I would put all my faith in him. Um, so that's good to know. So based off of Kyle Larson, um, and you being the number five, is the number five come from Larson? Does it come from somewhere else? What What are the origins behind five for you? That's a that's a two two part answer too. So yeah, the the easy answer is Larson. Um, the second part is five was uh, my number in sports in high school, and it also happened to be the number of the uh, the champ car that I used to race with a team of guys. We were it was five five A, but um and that was just kind of a coincidence i didn't pick that but so there's there's a couple different reasons behind it but that's 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 it good to know it's all it's always exciting to me to figure out why people pick certain numbers of uh, i'm sure we'll get into the rest of us some other time and we'll hear some good stories about that but yeah it's not as simple as some you think sometimes you know i mean like i like kyle larson right so you would assume that's the only reason that I want number five, but it's, it's got a whole story, man. Definitely. <laughs> so with you being number five in iRacing, speaking of iRacing, how and when did you get into iRacing? I got into iRacing about, I guess it was about six months before the pandemic, believe it or not. Um, you got on right before it was hot. Right before it exploded. Yep. And it was weird to join when I did. Um, so I have always loved racing games, obviously, all the way back to NASCAR 98 and, oh, and up. I, I, oh yeah, old. <laughs> oh, man. remember I'm old. Um, I was too, but I was NASCAR playing Grand Tourism. in the paintball cheat code. Ooh, oh, <laughs> 90, 98 had paintball too. Um, so I was, uh, I was into Grand Turismo at the time. Grand Turismo sport. And because NASCAR's console games just kind of sucked at the time to be completely honest like i think what was out wait grand turismo sport oh yeah yeah. oh let's see heat in i think it was heat three or heat four in 2020 2019 that's a whole nother conversation we could have some other time awful awful games you know i i tried getting online with it and it that's awful too so i ended up getting into grand turismo sport um and i just happened to come across um a thrustmaster t150 with the crappy little two pedal set on facebook marketplace and it was right driven right yep and the guy wanted like a 100 bucks for it so i got on google and i was like does this work with playstation and it did (laughs) um and very quickly from that 
I knew about iRacing just because I watched NASCAR, obviously. Um, I wanted to find something that had oval racing, and iRacing was really the only game in town. Uh, so from the time I got that wheel to the time I started doing iRacing was maybe a week. It happened real quick after I got that steering wheel. Um, right. And that was that, man. Now we're Now I'm sitting in a basically fake race car in my office. And working on the on the mortgage payment towards that rig. Yeah. In cost as much as a car. I still have a wife. I still have a wife. <laughs> For now. We'll see we'll see if you dabble into the uh the motion if that is uh uh-huh. still Did true ever... then. I will no longer have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> she will leave. He will be starting a GoFundMe that said how to keep a wife. Wow. Yeah, no, you're right. Do the exact How's me, please? How's me and my motion rig? Wife kicked <laughs> me out. Shit, right? <laughs> yeah, could you imagine if one of the, one of us takes Adam in, and then we just have a room with two or three sim rigs in it, and oof, that would be a heck of a time. Uh, I don't want to see that power sounds... bill or the the oh, bandwidth package there. Other than the utility bill, this sounds great. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> Next level limitless though. esports sim racing house. This seems wow. fine. Can we make like a sim racing house like they used to do for YouTube creators? We yeah. could just do Pull that. Barn. Yeah, we'll do just build a know, barn. I, I know some places for cheap lands. Let's go. I have no uh, reservations. No, no Colorado. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> East Coast has more racetracks. That you know we what? Do. That is true. We that do is, have more racetracks. I'm excited about that. <laughs> oh my God! My wife laying down the law in the chat. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so that's now <laughs> noted duly. Now, now we both don't have wives, Carl. Well. <laughs> Here we go. It's all right. We'll, we'll, Richard and I quick. will take you all in, and we'll all be okay. <laughs> hey, I was not a part of this, okay? okay. I will personally like, take me in there. Richard's been married long enough. He's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> My <laughs> doesn't wife doesn't like that I have a sim rig. <laughs> Guilty by association. But so, <laughs> continuing on the topic of iRacing. <laughs> Um, so you have been at it for a little bit now since said before the pandemic. So you're, you're getting close to four or five years. Um, so you're, you're well seasoned veteran. Um, what are your favorite and least favorite tracks to drive? Uh, so one of each one favorite and one least favorite. Oh, one favorite. Ooh, dude. Dude. Man, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take a cop out. I Dover or Gateway. Okay. I, As I, your favorite. I, yeah, I love both those tracks. I, I really, really like both of them. It's I don't think I could pay if I had to pick one, I guess I would pick Dover. I've always really enjoyed that track, obviously. So I think um, you enjoy the technical tracks of I put also Darlington, I guess, in that category of the a similar kind of track. It's it's it was the first three tracks that popped in my brain were Darlington, Dover, and Gateway, gotcha. and you're right. Yeah, I like the 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 shorter technical tracks. You know what I mean? Like Martinsville is obviously a short track, but it's mm-hmm. not super technical. Bristol's a short track, but it's not super technical. Um, I like kind of mixing them together. Least favorite? Um, I, I don't like super speedway racing. I knew you were going to say that. I, yeah, I was going to call you out on it if you didn't. <laughs> yep, I don't like super speedway racing. I'm not necessarily bad at it. I just don't like doing it. So yeah. we'll say Talladega because it takes longer to make a lap than at Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a fair answer. And I know of 
you don't like racing at them and you definitely don't like qualifying at them um, i'm so bad I'm yeah so bad at I, I don't know what it is but i'm terrible put adam on a super speedway he'll qualify uh 28th but every single time so that gets me to my last question it's not racing related it's not nascar related nothing to do with anything just out of curiosity so you find yourself on a long road trip you stop at a gas station what are your drink and snack of choice that will get you through the rest of the trip oh this is easy drink of choice is a starry because i love starry that is um, absurd nope <laughs> it's my i like it getting a starry and i'm getting a package of cherry sweet tart ropes if right. they don't have cherry sweet tart ropes, those uh, oh I can't remember the name of the, the brand off the top of my head. They're the red and white bag of spicy pretzels. Uh, not dots. Not dots. It is it dots. Dots is the good one. I don't know. I, I think it is now that you said it. I would, I would hope so. If not, I would question your taste in pretzels. Or it's have dots. To give it a try. Okay. It's the original ones. Who would my you favorite. believe? Apparently, uh, they're actually closing their doors and uh, going out of business. So, if really, if you want to, I, that that is something I did hear a couple weeks ago. However, I have still seen them in my grocery stores. Um, oh man! Now I have I to go to spend eight hundred dollars on pretzels. <laughs> Well, you just ruined Adam's night. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry that I had to break the news to you, but someone did. Oh, I mean, now if you're not going to get divorced because of a sim rig, you're going to get divorced <laughs> because of a, a whole room of, of Dots pretzels. I bet a lot of factors working against me, boys. Oh, damn. <laughs> I might be single, but I'm swimming in a pool of Dots, and I don't care. <laughs> But I can sim race and eat pretzels while I'm There you go. There That's you go. Priorities, right? <laughs> But I, I, I still want to stay on the starry thing. Um, starry to me is a, a crazy choice. Why starry? Like, did you like Sierra Mist or did you not like Sierra Mist? And then starry came out. And... That's that's the thing. I'm not a big. So I have to clarify. The reason I answered that is because my go to drink wouldn't be at a gas station. I drink this. It's this black cherry sparkling water. Oh, yeah, yeah. I pound these things. I don't drink pop that often, um, but soda, <laughs> cola. cola. Um, <laughs> so that wouldn't be there. But like, if we could just pick a drink, it would be that. But no, I, I, I don't. I didn't love Sierra Mist. I don't love Sprite necessarily, but um, it's very refreshing. When it hits your lips. Not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. Unless they're watching. <laughs> and you want to pay me to help me not get divorced. So then he can <laughs> Got to buy those pretzels. Well, not the motion sim rig. I, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, man. Well, that will conclude this Sundance pizza sit down. Uh, thank you, Adam, for, for opening up to us and, and giving us a little insight into your personal life. Um, and the fact that you may be divorced one day looking for a home with uh, <laughs> potentially three other sim racers. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. All of that is accurate, and I appreciate you. <laughs> Just kidding, Julie. He loves you. We all love you, and we appreciate you letting him race. <laughs> but if we don't get moving, we're going to be here all night. And we have a lot of NASCAR news to talk about. Um, I have a we couple do. things listed. Um 
to touch on and and i'm sure y'all might have additional things some news that broke today and whatnot but first we're going to get started off with um so nascar where is it sorry losing my track um for those that are not aware netflix had film crews at the track um during a majority of uh, the nascar season last season um, i know primarily it was focused around the second half and in the playoffs um but they were getting behind the scenes footage for a new series they planned on releasing um, news on it and trailer uh, and a trailer has come out. Um, have y'all seen the trailer? Yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts of, of your opinions on it. Uh, I know we've seen drive to survive on Netflix and I feel like it's something that NASCAR fans have been preaching about for uh, ever since then during COVID and F1 blew up and, um, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I am pretty certain that NASCAR still gets more viewership than F1, even though it seemed like F1 blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that there is a core fan base there in NASCAR, and they're going to absolutely love this. But what, what are y'all excited about for it? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start us off here. Um, uh, I'll, I'll confess uh, the COVID really brought a lot of attentions elsewhere. You know, that the pandemic really kind of skewed a lot of people's entertainment ideas. Um, there was one morning, uh, and this is how I got started. And, and this is just a personal story. I got started, uh, I w- woke up early one Sunday morning. I think the dogs needed to go outside. And so this is, you know, five, six in the morning. Couldn't go back to sleep. Turned on the TV, found ESPN. Got on time to watch lap one of the Bahrain in 2020. Roman Grosjean's fiery crash. Wow. That was, I, I turned on a just a happenstance. And then I saw, and I was like, well, that is phenomenal. And, and the fact that he survived, and that's what really got me started. It's like, how did he survive that crash? There's no it way. It's crazy. It, there, there's no way Roman Grosjean uh, should have survived that crash. And if you guys, uh, you viewers out there don't know it, look it up. It's on YouTube. Uh, be prepared. Very fiery, very violent. But, oh, my lord, it is amazing the fact that he came out of there with just some burned hands. Uh, but that, that that's what got me into it. And so uh, I started watching Drive to Survive because that was out too. Uh, and that that spiraled. And now I'm watching Formula One. I'm watching IMSA. I'm still a huge NASCAR fan. So I really think um, not only for the sport but for the fans, this is huge. This is going to be fantastic to watch. And then on top of that, they, they couldn't have scripted it any better. Was Ryan Blaney winning his first championship in the way he did? I, I think it's a perfect storm, and I'm really excited to see how Netflix carries it on, how the fans and, and, and the sports world itself reacts. Yeah, I, I I don't think I have any real comments on it. I, I'm, I don't watch a lot of shows on Netflix. I, I've never even watched Drive to Survive. I, I mean, to okay. me, if... <laughs> it is very good. Uh, I don't want to admit it. Yeah, I just, I've never been a fan of F1 because ever since, like, I've really, like, newer F1, older F1 was fun to watch. Newer F1 just seems like, yeah, who's got the most money? Uh, but that's just boomer. my opinion. <laughs> that's just, again, I don't pay, I mean, I'll watch it. It's cars going around, you know, going fast, vroom, vroom. I, it, car going fast is fun. So, but um, I will probably turn on this NASCAR one. Um, I mean, I can't, I don't know the numbers, but if NASCAR is still way more watched than F1, that would be, that's, that's awesome to hear. I wouldn't say um, way because, more. Because, 
Well, okay, is more. I'll yeah. say that is more than F one. That's awesome to hear, especially with what looks like a slight decline also in viewership um, throughout the NASCAR season. Because mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen on on X on um, Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I have seen the numbers that they put out per race and. You know, they compare them to last year or their, you know, the race earlier in the season, and yeah, it does look like the viewership has declined a little bit. But, um, I mean, the pandemic's, you know, over. I won't say over, but anyway, we're not we're not stuck in the house anymore, so we're not just turning on stuff to watch now. So, um, but I hope that this brings a lot more um, attention to the NASCAR scene in a good way. Because I mean, you have a lot of people that like. For me, I don't. I don't have a lot of NASCAR fans that I hang out with, or I don't have a lot of racing fans that hang out with. I mean, um, my wife, she doesn't understand it, and it's just like a lot of people. They just sit there, like, oh, it's cars going in circles. It's like it's a lot more than that. There's a lot that goes behind just the car going in circle. It's not just the driver. It's not just you know driving left you know turning left there's there's pit crews there's the the work that goes behind the scenes that builds these cars the setups that you know help these drivers get around as fast as they can like it's there's so much more than just going fast and turning left so i hope that this this show brings light to that and a lot better look for nascar that you know to tell people there is more than just the cars going in circles definitely you go ahead adam I'm I'm super excited for it because I don't have the the exact numbers either but I I know as far as the key demographic of people that NASCAR needs to capture their attention which is like the 18 to 26 year olds there was a really interesting survey that came out um about a week ago a week or two ago that that went into this and NASCAR actually beat F1 um by a a few spots Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that had to do with drive to survive being as popular as it was you nascar needs a show which i hope this is what this one turns out to be that someone who has never watched a nascar race can come across this and get invested in it and make them want to turn it on on sunday that's what i think it needs to be um, they did that show. I don't know if any of you guys watched it um, on USA. I can't remember the title, oh, man. but it was it was bad. Yeah. Um, I think from what I understand originally, it, that show was supposed to be kind of a drive to survive, but it was actually it had started filming right as the pandemic started. Um, and it really kind of, I think, tied their hands with what they could do and what they couldn't do. But that show was terrible. So they just need to not make that again. Um, and I think if it can capture that younger audience and get some more eyeballs um i'm all for it but i i know i'm excited to watch it julie and i both are we can't wait for it to to start i couldn't agree more um the whole viewership um thing really uh interests me of me too i just pulled up some numbers i don't know how accurate they are um but it's also a little outdated. So from 2022, it's saying that um, the average NASCAR race had 3.7 million um, viewers. I do think that is skewed a little higher than the actual number. I believe it's slightly lower. Um, Probably. But I I do know a point of uh, the key demographic um, for NASCAR is the age range between 18 and uh, up to 30 or 40. 
um, is, is, is the demographic they really are trying to target um, because it's the demographic that they're currently lacking in and a majority of their, their viewers allegedly are 50 and older. Um, and that doesn't bode well for the future of the sport, unfortunately, just because, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're not going to be around forever. Um, so it's really important for them to grow that younger viewership and, and to keep the sport going. Um, and touching back on to the viewership numbers, I, I don't think they're fully accurate from any source just because um, typically it uses Nielsen data, which usually only counts. It does count streaming services and it does count cable, but it does skew cable. And I mean, when you think of cable, the, the cable um, people that have cable are typically older individuals nowadays. Um, so the numbers of demographic that they're getting a 55 and older, in my opinion, seem to be skewed correctly because it's saying a majority of the, the watchers are 50 or older because they have cable and that's what the numbers are tracking. So I, any, mm-hmm. I was just going to, that. I think you're a hundred percent right. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, w- my wife and I went to four races last year and I think to follow up on what steven just said i think in that nielsen which is what you typically hear nascar refer back to um and when you hear commentators refer to nascar has a age problem as far as their viewership um i you know they they weigh out cable more heavily and like steven just said do any of you guys have cable i do i have youtube tv okay well we'll so so we'll say that that it's a great point as you know steven wouldn't have it unless it was for his dad but i watched the race every sunday mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we went to four races we went to daytona we went to the chicago, chicago street course bristol and phoenix and the from what i saw there were just as many people under 35 that there were over so i think maybe this recent poll that came out however it was calculated and whatever they did i i think that's probably more accurate to what we're actually seeing because i i think if it was only 55 year old dudes watching nascar i think the sport would be dead already right um oh, yeah. well, so well, I, i'm i'm excited i think that's great news for for if you're if you're a nascar fan I, i'm i'm gonna build off this and yes nascar's focus on the age problem but i also think they're trying to break out international markets uh netflix mm-hmm. Worldwide yep. streaming service, okay? Look at Drive to Survive. I never watched F1 before I really watched it, and now I'm, I've watched uh, Max Verstappen win all three of his championships in a row. I got I hooked them. on it. All of them. Um, let's go to uh, Garage 56. They ran Le Mans. They had resounding, resounding success. Even though they had a gearbox failure in the last, what, two or three hours? Yeah. Absolutely resounding success. They destroyed the pit stop competition. And that's in France. I mean, that's not a local market, and that's global. I mean, they had all eyes on there. In fact, uh, Richard, it was a couple weeks ago that you shared uh, the craziest moments of 2023 of the picture. You see all the uh, GTPs, the LMPs, the GTDs. I love that picture. They're all sitting there, and then you see this massive Chevrolet Camaro, number 56, just towering over all these cars. And and everyone has to say – not Photoshop. It is not Photoshop. And I think uh, on top of the age uh, gap that they're trying to bridge, they're also trying to breach into the international market. And uh, I think NASCAR right now is doing all the right moves, bringing in Netflix, you know, going out there. Um, I can't wait to see. Honestly, I would love to see NASCAR go to, say, um, Japan again, uh, mm-hmm. like they did in the 90s, uh, go to Suzuka Circuit. Um 
what if they went to some bigger ones? Uh, Monza. Uh, let's go to Monza. Why not Monza? Because that's a lot of you know chicanes, straight, front straightaways, back straightaway. I, I would love to see them at Monza. So I think NASCAR is, is trying to approach the issue, the viewership, in a multifaceted attack in terms of uh, we're going to hit this age demographic. And if it's not the age, we're going to hit all the motorsports fans that love the, all the different disciplines. So uh, I think this is a great move for NASCAR to do. And I, th uh, I, I don't see it going wrong for them. Uh, yeah. I think they're doing everything right, and they're 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 hitting the the problem head uh, head first, and it's great to see. And you know, with that Garage Fifty Six entry, also it wasn't just like the success that they showed. I mean, that was amazing to see. But like just hearing all the stories and a lot of the people in the garage and a lot of the fans that sit there and say, basically, the reason why they were up the entire twenty four hours is because every two to three minutes you hear this freaking V eight <laughs> muscle car was. America. Like, America. like just a screaming eagle car coming down <laughs> right. the straightaway. And it's just like people are like, man, these these cars sound nice. Like it's like, yes, 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 NASCAR sounds nice. Come watch. Come come see that, these cars in real life. Like it's awesome. That was one of the few times that I can remember, um, other than maybe the Hell Melon in recent mm -hmm. years, that people that I know that have no interest in motorsports or NASCAR specifically, people know I'm the NASCAR guy. So they were asking me about this crazy car in France, or they were like, same with the Ross Chastain thing that went viral. They wanted to show me the video of this crazy man doing a video game. Those are the things NASCAR needs. And to follow up with what Carl said, just real quick, everything that I'm hearing, they are actively trying to get up into Canada, into Mexico. Yes. Um, all the reports that I, I think every, uh, you know, the insiders, um, I think everyone was really surprised that we're not going to Montreal this year. I think we were really close and it fell through. I think, uh, I think next year we will be out of the United States. We might not be in Europe, but I think next year we will definitely get outside the country. And I think that'll be a great move. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps, well, baby. And well, another thing is in Canada right now. Exactly. Yeah. And, and another yeah. thing is um, Garage 56. It wasn't an all-American team. They had Jensen Button, a, formula, a former Formula One championship winner. Uh, yeah. You have Shane Van Ginsburg and coming from Australia Supercars coming over racing Chicago street course and winning that it's, it's from every direction. And I, I don't think NASCAR is, you know, putting all their eggs in one basket. They're trying anything and everything. And I think the combination, it's a perfect storm to have that just huge global release. And I think this Netflix could really, this Netflix pleasure could really launch that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think yeah. even with Shane as well, like mm -hmm. I think, Oh man, more we could spend an hour talking about him. And, yeah. and I'm oh, not yeah. just going to talk about him. I'm talking about just like international drivers in general are seeing the close competition that NASCAR puts out. Like, yeah. You, you all these a lot of these other racing series you have you have your top two dominant teams basically nascar they're i mean you've had seasons where not where like a driver was dominant pretty much the entire time but like it isn't consistent year after year after year after year it's there are like quite a few top tier teams even some of the not top tier teams are still putting out phenomenal performance like the competition just looks a lot closer when it comes to the NASCAR racing. So, and I think this is going to bring way more of a light to, like you said, a different demographic, the, the younger crowd, 
and it's going to be uh, like it's like you know like i said earlier just show there's more than just these cars going in circles yeah and i can't wait so that docuseries does come to Netflix on January 30th, um, so we're looking about 19 days away. Uh, so if you don't have a Netflix subscription and you're interested, I recommend doing so now. Mm-hmm. Um, Use that 30-day free trial. <laughs> or, or steal your parents' password, whichever there you go. That doesn't work anymore unless you log yeah, right. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I tried to log into Netflix and to a uh, college roommate's Netflix account that I still had from college and... Uh, <laughs> He he does not live in the area, so it, it said, you cannot watch. So I have got to damn you capitalism. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So on to our next topic, um, IROC. So the yeah. International oh, man. Race of Champions. Uh, this week, Ray Ebernham and Rob Kaufman announced their joint venture formation of IROC Holdings LLC and the acquisition of rights to the former IROC brand. Um, for background, uh, the IROC was last raced in 2006 i'm sorry i butchered how i said it uh the last irock race was 2006 um, and it featured some of the world's best racing talents from various disciplines including nascar indycar and even formula one um so not long ago ray ray evernham had a big part in getting a superstar racing experience whole nother topic um up and running it's true um <laughs> but well, is it really though? <laughs> well, I think we can combine that because it, it was announced today. SRX is being postponed. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, I, I may be jumping ahead, a gun, the gun here, Stephen and guys. But it. um, so let 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 let's put in the dynamic here. SRX wanted to get all these superstars. You had um Tony Stewart, Haley Deegan, um, uh, not Juan Pablo Montoya, but um. Ah, Indy 500 champion. Uh, you have all these guys coming in. But short tracks, dirt tracks, stuff like that. American backcountry, okay? What's to say they combine both aspects of SRX and IROC? Let's start out at Daytona, okay? Let's go to Daytona. Then let's do Bristol. Let's go to Eldora. Then go to Watkins Glen or Coda. Take all these drivers and put all throw them at all of these disciplines. What if there's a combination? I have a feeling that something like that could happen because Ray Evernham, like you mentioned, has a hand in both of these. I wonder if this could be a crazy Frankenstein brainchild to combine all these aspects. I would love to see IROC on dirt. I, I think that'd be fantastic. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> that would I don't be know how the cars I, are going to do, but yeah. I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to see the drivers on dirt. Mm-hmm. drivers yes that would be great yeah. and that's what the Let srx yeah the srx cars were great on dirt that was a blast to watch i really enjoyed i the, the iroc cars i don't think would be a good yeah, car to be. put on dirt well and to be fair according to the press release all we know is that they do intend of holding a race this um calendar year 2024 using the historic iroc cars but no other information has come out on what cars they actually plan on using of if they even get something started of, of the actual IROC series of what cars will they use? Will it be something similar to uh, SRX? We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I don't think Carl's too far off on that. The timing of the press releases seem really interesting to me. Um, The fact that Ray Evernham helped Tony start SRX more or less stepped away and left the operation and uh, I know in, it's been about two years that Ray's been really involved in the IROC stuff. Um, you can go on some different YouTube channels and see him talking about IROC and kind of hinting at some things. Um, 
I don't know exactly what's coming. I just I I love this. I like it. whenever you take different drivers from different disciplines and put them together. I think it's entertaining. Um, I think the one thing SRX was missing to maybe draw in a little more eyeballs from NASCAR diehard, not necessarily diehards, but casuals were the the big names. I mean, I know they got Chase Elliott once or twice, um, but they didn't have a a huge plethora of current NASCAR drivers. They had some really good, um, you know, retired or semi-retired guys. Um, but the third season seemed like it lost some steam. Like season one, really, really great lineup of people. Season two, really strong lineup. Um, but season three really just seemed weaker, you know? And I don't know if that was, I don't know what the reason for that was, but. No, I, I think you're right. Um, it was something that was really interesting to me at first, um, and the excitement kind of died out, and I really hope that's not going to be the case. Um, if IROC ever comes back and gets off the ground and actually does something, I, I really hope um, with Ray Everham's help that it can uh, withstand that. Same. Well, I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference between the IROC and the SRX series is SRX focused more around your short track, you know, <laughs> local racing style of race and i know a lot of the local tracks you know a lot of them are struggling a lot of them are thriving it's it's kind of i don't know it's it's an interesting place to be i i should say i, I think well, if if we continue with iroc with what they've been you know what they were they raced at your bigger tracks, your premier tracks daytona you know charlotte they raced there and the you know this series raced the, the drivers were current top end drivers in all leagues across any racing series you had indy drivers f1 drivers nascar drivers you had dirt late model dirt world of outlaw sprint car drivers like it it was every racing you know uh you know adventure out there discipline thank you uh out there yeah that's where i was looking for (laughs) um that all came together to you know basically like hey who's a better driver because all these cars they're all set up the exact same. It is a fixed setup. It is just get in the car. Who's the better driver? Yeah, I, I think that's the big selling point. Um, I mean, we we do it every week on in fixed setups. It's not quite the same, um, but it, it does put everyone on a level playing field and really lets the uh, the driver talent shine. So, with that. If y'all don't have anything else um, for IROC, we'll move on because we still have a, a little handful of a list here. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to touch on real quick back to the iRacing world. Um, I don't remember who was announced yesterday or today um, that IndyCar and iRacing um, have agreed to a multi-year licensing, uh, licensing agreement. Um, IndyCar had left iRacing and they went to uh, motorsports games, if I'm correct. Um, You're correct. Yeah, fail. The the evil motorsports games that is now supposed to exist um, right before our eyes who ruined NASCAR video. Well, one of the people that ruined NASCAR games, um, console games. Oh, they, that is. they buried it dead. Definitely. If if, uh, if NASCAR Heat didn't bury it first, then motorsports games did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, finished it. <laughs> but with, uh, with IndyCar coming back to iRacing, um, that includes the uh, return of the iRacing Indy 500, which is awesome. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I could care less about IndyCar in real life, if I'm being completely honest. But, man, do I love racing those Indy cars. They are They're so much fun. heck of a time. They are a blast. Um, I'm so excited. 
yeah, it's it's going to be a great time, and it, it's perfect timing of we get it before the Indy 500 um, or the announcement, so we don't have to wait a whole another year. Well, it also comes uh, on the heels of an announcement uh, early in the offseason for NASCAR that they're bringing the Brickyard Oval back instead yes. of the Indianapolis road course. So uh, again, timing is everything. And I think that really gets, I know um, a lot of iRacers were looking forward to this because it became so strict that if you uh, broadcasted anything, you didn't have to yeah. be a big broadcast. If you were broadcast anything, a stream, you couldn't say IndyCar. You couldn't say Indy 500. It was, it was a very, very tight knit um, kind of contract between Penske and iRacing. And, and essentially it was, I, I want to say it was Richard Penske really starting this. He owns uh, Penske owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, he put us all his eggs kind of in one basket with the the the, the game company Motorsports Games or whatever, mm-hmm. and it everything fell through. Nothing really came of it, and so I, I think that was may have a maybe kind of a lesson learned that yes, you can try and start something on your own. But why mess with something that's already really well established in the community? I, I think uh, exactly, and I think that was a very miscalculated step on Richard's part, uh, uh, Richard Penske, to do that. Roger, Roger, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Roger. Roger Penske, my bad. Roger, Roger. I, I let, I let the you do captain. It. I, I, I will say the captain. Once I couldn't do it again. Um, <laughs> this is one of the frustrating things to me. This isn't so much go back to what we were talking about with NASCAR. Um, but there's an overarching theme here. Anybody who spent five minutes following the the video game side of motorsports would would have known two years ago that motorsports game was dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Maybe not two years ago, but at least a year ago. I mean, you, I don't even, yeah, I it they it was very apparent that that was they were having major issues financial and development wise. Um, I remember when the, the announcement came out that IndyCar was going to, you know, have this exclusive license with that. And the there wasn't a single person on the Internet that went, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but somehow this boardroom of people that make way more money than any of us went. Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just decisions like that make you scratch your head. But um, I'm excited, man. I can't wait for the Indy 500 to come back. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for IndyCar to come back. And yeah, that was definitely when IndyCar made that announcement that they were taking their licensing from iRacing and then moving over to Motorsport, like, uh, you know, Motorsports, whatever the heck that company Motorsports was. Game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, even a simple Google search before Just one, you, like, That's what I mean. one Google search and Just you one. see articles upon articles of like, hey, this company's being sued. Hey, these people Probably. aren't getting paid. Like, yep. it was just. Like, why in the world? It was crazy. Would anybody even be like, yeah, that company looks like a great company. Let's go over there. It's like, <laughs> you don't even have to look at the BBB. Like, you just Google and you see like 10 articles like, hey, this company is garbage. Like, well, so Ted works there. Ted's an all right guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know this, right? Yeah. But I'm um, curious how much money they but get. But like, out of that. I know. Too much. Right? Jeez. But like, Too I, much. you know, Carl's saying that, you know, this is a timing thing. I don't think this is a timing thing. I think this is. IndyCar put their tail between their legs and came crying back. And we're like, we are so sorry. We made a mistake. <laughs> and it's um, definitely part of it. I, I really think there was some <sighs> iRacing benefited from this more than probably IndyCar did or will. <laughs> I, 
Let's just oh, put yeah. it that way. <laughs> oh, iRacing came out ahead, I'm sure. Definitely, and I, I love this topic of, of video games and especially NASCAR console game whole topic. It's another exciting topic to me. Um, but with Motorsports games, I know that they attempted to make a uh, an IndyCar game for consoles, um, and it, from my understanding, had passed through development, and it was basically ready to go as opposed to release mm -hmm. um, last year at some time, and then early this year, whatever it was. And I think it's it's been shelved basically and um it's another exciting thing of nascar console games coming over to iRacing mm -hmm. um and uh I, I forgot the company that iRacing owns was it is it monster games um, i but... i think so because they're because they do the uh world of outlaws with monster games right so i'm very excited to see that and i mean we all race on iRacing every week if not every every couple of days um <laughs> And we all support uh, iRacing and know that they can do a great job. Um, one thing I didn't know about this uh, uh, licensing agreement is that Indianapolis Motor Speedway is included in it and was related to the agreement of mm -hmm. without IndyCar, they don't have Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, which I didn't even think about. And it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. now, now saying it, but I feel like that's another great move for iRacing to ensure that they have Indianapolis Motor Speedway for a while. With NASCAR coming back to the Oval, it's only going to make it better. 100%. Well, Guaranteed. Moving on to lesser news, but I found this interesting news. Um, sponsor news isn't really usually big, big news, but to me this was quite comical. Um, so <laughs> Legacy Motor Club announced <laughs> yeah, this morning this a multi-year agreement with Dollar Tree Incorporated. Oh. How about <laughs> for, that, huh? For all of its NASCAR Cup uh, entries. So I believe I have the number here. Uh, shoot. Oh, so Dollar Tree and Family Dollar are owned by the same parent company, Dollar Tree Incorporated. Um, they will be on track in all 38 races for this Cup season. Um, not on all of the Legacy Motor cars, but on some variation um, of John Hunter Nemechek, Eric Jones, and uh, Jimmy Johnson this season. There will be a Dollar Tree or Dollar Family Dollar car mm -hmm. at every, every track. Each week, yes. So every we single get to week. see it. I, I don't know if they're only going to spend dollar or dollar twenty five now to make the paint or to make no it'll the be a dollar fifty oh dollar fifty now now we know why their prices jumped okay <laughs> I mean it, say what you want like about those companies as a whole um, they yeah they offer more well family dollars more expensive than like a local grocery store but it's the convenience factor and they're everywhere um, but having big name brands like that consumer name brands at that. I feel like it's very good for, for NASCAR and the average consumer, a, a casual fan that watches a race of, oh, I know Dollar Tree. I know Family Dollar. Like, doesn't even matter what they feel about them. They know it and they can relate like that. Um, so I feel like it's exciting at the very least. I think not only the fact that we're getting a large, you know, come uh, a large retail chain back into the sport it's been a long time just since we've seen a sponsor willing to commit to any team mm -hmm. for every race. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, think think of how many people you can name other than like Hendrick Kyle Hendrick Larson. I mean, I'm trying to think. Make you know, uh, HendrickCars.com, Advent Health was really consistent there for a while. Um, but like, I mean, M and M's. 
is, is the last and one they're gone now exactly and now mm-hmm. fedex is is gone with the full season stuff and i i think it's great um i'm sure they didn't have to pay as much as they would have if they were sponsoring a hendrick or a oh, yeah. you know a gibbs but i think it's great i think it i think any any way we can get eyeballs on this sport man i'm i'm for it and i think uh it's an interesting partnership though well, I'm excited I, I, to see what the cars look like. I think it's I think it's going to be huge. Okay, um, it so me I rural Colorado. All right, straight up. Uh, we we farm potatoes where I'm from. Straight up. Uh, if if you had McDonald's fries, Wendy's fries, there's an easy fifty percent chance that we uh, farmed your potatoes. Straight up. Um, yes, make potatoes. I, no, huge potatoes. Huge potato people. Um, and people. <laughs> where, 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 where I'm at, I'm probably within 50 miles. There's a good half dozen uh, of these stores around. And a lot of the people that I, I work with, I interact with and stuff like that. They're not aware of the NASCAR stuff. So this also kind of rolls into, uh, <clears throat> on the public view of it, trying to get that viewership say, Hey, did you know that we have a, a car that we sponsor a car? You mm-hmm. should check it out. And, and it, and it, it, again, trying to get more of the demographic, more of more people, like you said, Adam, getting, watching it and saying, Hey, I shop at this store because, you know, maybe I don't make uh, all this money uh, that, that these drivers do that. Oh, uh, Hendrick cars. I can't buy a Hendrick car or, <laughs> Advent Health, or you know, even M and M's. I mean, M and M's a pack of M and M's is what two, three bucks now. So it, it's it, it gets to where the where again you want that viewership and you, you want the viewers to relate. And I think that's another big thing. And for having Legacy Motor Club, you have Jimmy Johnson, you have uh, Richard Petty, it, it, Toyota. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and in that side, the sponsorship sip. Sponsorship side of the sport, um, I think, is my favorite part of NASCAR. Uh, me, I graduated as a, a marketing major out of college, and um, th- to see how they activate that sponsorship um, is going to be really interesting to me. It's just quite funny that a team called Legacy um, would would risk cheapening their brand with Dollar Tree or or Family Dollar because it does seem like a lower end um, brand. But that's a good point. That's an interesting take on it that I didn't really think about. That's yeah. I I think they're probably I hate to use the word desperate, um, but I th- I think they need sponsorship over there. So and I don't they have I, some I, pretty big names. They do. They do. Jimmy they at do. least does. Uh, um, I know he had Carvana. I'm pretty sure that they they're close to bankruptcy anyways, though. So that was an, always an issue. The, well, I think get a, also they might be a lot of their sponsorships that they probably did have. It, it also could be a factor that they moved from Chevy to Toyota. Yeah, they did lose that quite could a few. Be, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be a they did lose quite a few this because they changed the manufacturer. To get sure. like I mentioned a minute ago, to get anybody on a car every race, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's huge. That's huge news, and I hope it. I hope it's a sign of things to come for other teams and and other major recognizable brands you know what i mean because regardless of how you feel about it everybody knows what family dollar is everybody Mm -hmm. knows what dollar tree is not everybody knows what chi casinos are or not everybody knows what you know cheese casino i I didn't think it was casino three cheese three chi cannabis yeah oh oh, you're right i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry i don't Uh, know if we can say that but oh, I'm so, sure we well, can. South Point Casinos is, I think, what you're thinking. There you of go. There, yeah, maybe. <laughs> or uh, but, um, Paula Casinos. Or like Ross Chastain, Moose. You know what I mean? That's Moose a lot fraternity. of people. 
right. Um, I don't even know. Well, but, I mean, you no, can... you're right. I'm just saying, like, we know what that is, but well, to be honest, like even, is. even Jeff Gordon, when he was in the sport, like, to be honest, what did DuPont do? Like, it's not a daily thing I saw. DuPont Loki did everything. <laughs> yeah. For real, though. But it's not something I can go to I a get... store and be like, sure. oh, DuPont. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Gordon. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They marketed to the commercial audience. Um, but look at what what's the most recognizable car other than Dale Earnhardt's car ever in NASCAR? The Rainbow Warrior. Something worked. And I it, don't it know. Definitely worked. Kyle, and now Kyle Bush and the M and M's. Lowe's forty eight. Lowe's forty eight. I mean, forty eight cars not even close to being as iconic as the Rainbow <laughs> Warrior. I'm I mean, sure we can all agree. We just want we want more consumer product brands out there yeah, and, yeah. and noticeable stuff. I um, want more sponsors. I want more drivers. I want more cars. Definitely. So, and like you were saying, Adam, of everyone knows what uh, Dollar Tree and Family Dollar are. Apparently, there are 16,000 stores nationwide. Um, so, yeah, there, there's one within, I'm sure, 20, 30 minutes of everyone in the, uh, I'm, the lower 48. I'm surprised there's not more. I feel like there's 16,000 in my township. <laughs> that is Ohio. Yeah, it's ever been to Ohio. They're <laughs> everywhere, dude. They, uh, I do know they love to be in uh, smaller population areas. Um, we got that down. Experience. So uh, both Dollar Tree and Family Dollar will be present on the team's cars for the clash um, in L.A. at the Memorial Coliseum on February 4th. So tune into that to see those paint schemes. And I'll be excited to see when they, uh, they come out. But uh, we got two more NASCAR topics. Um, I don't know if you all saw. I think it was yesterday. Um, NASCAR announced and they came out with a little video with Steve Letarte um, discussing the new short track and road course package. Have you all seen it? Yes, sir. And so, I haven't seen the video, but I heard about it. So from my understanding, I, I don't know about all the technical stuff under the car, um, but the rear diffuser essentially was uh, made half the size um, of what it currently is and with slightly different aerodynamics of the fins in addition it to having the spoiler an inch taller, I believe. Yep, it, they took fins out. I think. It's the yeah, slats, the exactly. Yeah, so took what, the slats out. All right, so this is my kind of my specialty. Uh, I, I studied uh, automotive mechanics and uh, motorsports chassis fabrication. So what this is, and the whole idea of the slats is you want to streamline the air. Less turbulent air, less air resistance allows you to go faster. Taking out those slats is going to increase some of that turbulent air. It's going to make the car a little more unsteady, but then adding the downforce of the extra spoiler is going to really create an interesting um, kind of counterfeel to what these drivers are typically used to feeling on the super speedways, on the intermediates. So I think uh, you're going to start seeing a lot of these drivers get a little bit looser. They're going to be uh, a little more of a handful on these shorter tracks. Uh, this has the opportunity to create more op uh, um of the racing ideas of the bump and run, uh, getting it, uh, of course, it's all about the pack racing. And I think with this, uh, it sounds like the drivers resoundingly really liked it because uh, they tested at Phoenix, what, uh, Richard, last week, two weeks ago? Um, but... Ago. Yeah, yeah, so it was a little bit. Where have you been, Carl? It's been a minute there, Carl. <laughs> you know what? I'm waiting for NASCAR season to hey, start. I know, know the clash isn't the big thing, but I'm ready for the season. Time frame, ready, time frame is not his specialty. That's true. That is exactly true. <laughs> so, with, 
<laughs> I, I don't know how y'all stand on the uh, the current short track and road course packages that we have of what would fix it. Of course, everyone says high horsepower. It'll horsepower. fix everything, right? Horsepower. Thousand um, horsepower. And I know NASCAR doesn't <laughs> want to go that route. I, whatever. It's more expensive. We That's a whole other debate. Um, yeah. But really, do do aerodynamics really play that big of a role um, at short tracks specifically? I understand at a mile and a half or a two mile, whatever. Um but do you think that this would make a bigger difference than let's just say narrowing the uh, the width of the tires a little bit, give a little less grip? Even not even so, the narrowing the tire would be probably more expensive at this point than horsepower That's because fair. the whole car was engineered around it. But with that said, I think will it make a difference? I think so. I think what will make the bigger difference is I believe if I'm not mistaken at that same test and in that same announcement that you're referring to, they are making some uh, tire changes as well. And I think that will make a bigger difference on the short tracks. Um, the the tire compound and tread. The, they're going to, they're going to bring a harder tire, harder, harder, harder. Mm -hmm. um, so they're going to bring a harder. More. Yeah. Yes. They're going to in a, along with some other where, wear patterns that they're anticipating. I think the tires will make a bigger difference than the arrow. I hope those two things combined help because I think there's, we got better from 21 to 22 or I'm sorry, from 22 to 23. Um, mm -hmm. But we, I think we really need to make a pretty big step forward in 24. Um, you know, NASCAR just got to a point where short tracks are, are kind of coming. They were just starting to come back. They were just starting to get, you know, they, we went away from them there in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. You know, North Wilkes Wilkesboro's back. Um, Rockingham, I, hopefully. You know, Rockingham. I know the horsepower seems just NASCAR is not willing to touch that for whatever reason that they give. But I just, I think just getting rid of fifth gear would would make such a big difference and i just can't believe it's that hard for them to do it um but i hope the changes work i hope they at least do and i think they will i think they'll do something i i think it'll be fun to see because i mean uh, yes it's a short track but still some of these short tracks these guys are uh let's look at bristol i mean okay bristol is not going to be one of the tracks that's going to be implemented but phoenix uh, going into turn one, they're still going 120, 130. Uh, Richmond, oh my god, Richmond, the, the super speedway of the short tracks. They're going super fast into turn one. I, I think the uh, um, arrow is going to really affect it. Um, and, and in terms of horsepower, there's so many things that go into horsepower. You have to R&D engines. Uh, you have to calculate yeah, fuel. You have to do compression. You have – and then on top of that, these guys are on ECUs, not carburetors. So you can't just dump fuel in there and hope it go fast. It's it's much more precise these days with these engines they're running. So uh, yeah, I know everyone wants more horsepower. Unless something crazy happens and all the manufacturers get behind that, it's not going to happen. Yeah, so, I don't see it happening either. Yeah, so I think NASCAR is doing what they can with what they have, and that what they can deal with is tires and aerodynamics. And it, even when the next gen cars come out, they have not stopped working on it. And I think again that shows that NASCAR is committed to at least trying. If it doesn't work, okay, we get it. We'll go back. And they are getting better. Mm -hmm. I, they I are was... getting. Go ahead. Better. So no, you're you're good. Go ahead. I, I wasn't aware that uh this short track package isn't applicable to Bristol. 
Um, uh, I think yeah. it's Bristol and um, I think there's one more track, but yeah, there's, there's just two there's two, two. Sh- tracks um, that maybe Dover and Bristol, Dover. I think it's something Dover, like then. that. Yeah, makes a lot of sense of the high Dover and Bristol, the, the high speed. Yes, we'll, um, we'll run the the same package from this year. Because I was gonna mm-hmm. say of, I was gonna mention of when Adam and I we we went to the Bristol race in the fall and. I thought it was a great race. I mean, yeah, the last uh, 150 laps was relatively boring, but I mean, it was exciting at the very end. Um, it was the most exciting short track, and I'd rather watch a Bristol race than a Martinsville race recently. Um, right. right. So I guess that, that makes a lot of sense of it being a different package, of you're getting a little bit different result. And yes, it's a different track, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Just saying, I don't know if any of you are watching the actual video here, but when he said Bristol was way more exciting than Martinsville, all three of us nodded. That was like <laughs> well, overwhelming. Know, yes, we agree. The big, and the driver said the same thing. I touched mm-hmm. on it a second ago. A second ago, there's no reason. There's no reason you should be shifting eight times per lap at Martinsville. No, it's ridiculous. That's that's crazy. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I. No, that, well, that's see, a NASCAR. I, I, I love it, I though. You're I, being sorry. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but see, and, and see, I, I come from a different side. I love the shifting because depending on how the car set up, I know there was uh, drivers out there, especially Bristol, uh, Richmond and stuff. Some of them were shifting. Some of them weren't. Same thing at Dover. I, I think it adds uh, another dynamic to how you set up the car. Do you want to run in fifth or do you want to downshift or do you want to find the combination of the two as the tires wear? You go fifth for the first half of the run, then you have to downshift. I, I think it adds another uh, piece of complexity to the setup and these well, another challenge these teams have to conquer. I would I would agree if anybody was staying in fifth because nobody is. <laughs> right. um, and I also, I also agree that Dover and Bristol are totally different than martinsville um but i mean from everything i've seen in the telemetry that i looked at, i mean nobody's staying in fifth everybody is shifting because if you're not shifting you can't pass the guy who is shifting right and you already can't pass so but i'm not an engineer so we even experienced that in our league races of like, sure yeah of, oh wow like mm-hmm. do you hear that is is that guy shifting uh when right. he's entering the yeah. corner and it's like i'm Crazy. questioning myself now and it's like okay i'll try that and it might here's work a, out better here's a fun question did anybody shift it over i tried i did not you i didn't i tried I in practice but i was just curious that was more just a tangent especially but... when stage one and i burned on my right front i was towards the end about last five ten laps i had to shift because that's the only you way had I could to shift. Turn. yeah because you couldn't turn yeah that that makes sense i was just curious but it, it is typically applicable to those short tracks um phoenix mm-hmm. richmond uh obviously martinsville and i I don't know. It, it's it's a debate that can never end um, between NASCAR fans. And it never will. Yeah. So I think if someone can correct me, I can't recall, but they can't make changes to the rear end or the gearing. So so really, if NASCAR were to open that up and allow a little more leeway for those guys, what could the product be in that situation yeah no they're not allowed they're not allowed to they're not allowed to open the rear ends i don't know if they can change the gearing i would think no i'd be totally against that um i know they can't open the rear ends though so i i Mm. think we've gotten to this point in nascar of it having um such a great parody yes 
allowing people to or allowing them to change uh, more things on the car would make better teams shine. Um, but honestly, I really like the parody. I, I really like everyone being on a level playing field. Yes, oh, I love it. It has to shift, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, some teams might have a little something that they know that another team doesn't, but just giving them something else to get an advantage, I, I don't want. I, I, I like the closeness. I like having a surprise winner here and there and, and going into the race and not being like, oh, well, you know, Jeff Gordon's going to win again. I mean, he, he he's so good at this track. He always does well, and he has the best equipment. No, I mean, shoot. Yeah, you really have no idea now. No, it's awesome. You have no idea from race to race, and it's Michael it's McDowell so winning fun. a race last year was not on my bingo card. Definitely nope. not. It was <laughs> awesome. It was one of the the best feel good races of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It really was. So I I just hope for more of that. Um, I think we're moving in the right direction. At the definitely. end of the day, I just don't think it's happening. NASCAR fans, you know, man, Joey Logano said it the other day. We're spoiled. Oh, no. oh yeah, don't even. We're get all with him. we're we're spoiled, man. Um, and uh, you know, there are some fans out there. I think this doesn't apply to us. I think actually the four of us are very open-minded. I've been watching NASCAR for almost 30 years at this point. Um, Same. But I, I am not one of the, the people there are, there's what my point is. There are always going to be the fans that refuse to acknowledge that anything modern is good. Mm -hmm. And like I think Richard. that <laughs> no, Richard's not like that. Boomer. I'm a little wow. bit like, like I definitely have my things that I'm like, oh, I wish they'd just go back to this. But I'm also realistic that I know we can't do that. Um, so I think as long as people keep an open mind, um, I think in a year, maybe I, I bet by 2026, this car, it'll, it'll be dialed in and we won't have to worry about this kind of stuff anymore. Okay. I hope. I hope. Well, that will take us to our last conversation slash prediction um and again we said last week we'll be covering more like live predictions of race to race of when daytona's coming up we'll we'll, we'll cover oh, that'll that be exciting well. oh i won't be here you will not be here unless who knows maybe maybe you will be our first repeat who knows maybe maybe um, it'd have to be a repeat winner well <laughs> no pressure I can, I, I can try he's got the monkey off his back now he, he's unstoppable that monkey was heavy, bro. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, so last week we talked about who our dark horse driver or team was uh, or who we think it would be. Um, and this week I want to go the opposite direction. Um, I want to know your your prediction for the biggest disappointment in the Cup Series this season. Or, I mean, shoot, it doesn't have to be the Cup Series. It could be Xfinity or Truck if you want to go that direction. Coming uh, to this season? Say sorry, say that again. Coming to this season? Um, uh, not coming to this season. So a prediction of what the who or what the biggest disappointment will be this upcoming season. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I I've got one and it's gonna it makes me sad to say it, but I I th I think I'm gonna say it. Let it out. I think and I say this as a fan of this man, I support him. I've wanted him to move up for the longest time but i think josh barry at stewart haas is going to be a disappointment i think between you know first of all he's trying to replace kevin harvick not replace kevin harvick but he's filling his seat so he already has unrealistic unrealistic expectations set i think to some degree 
that team is floundering. They're they're not getting better. They have no, and I I pay attention to all this stuff because I I love NASCAR. But um, they have made no moves during the off season. Like if you look at Legacy Motor Club or even uh even Penske and Gibbs to some extent, they're all making Trackhouse colleague. They're all making these moves that better attack their current goal that's directly in front of them. Stuart Haas is probably overall the biggest letdown of the season last year other than legacy but legacy to to find out you know they didn't really have support blah 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 blah. and they didn't do anything to make it better this offseason they didn't make any personnel changes they're i mean they're going to take the same exact formula they had in 22 and 23 which is not working and take it into 24 and josh berry i think people are really looking for him to perform you know he it's been a long time coming for him to get a a quality ride um i and i just don't think it's going to happen and i don't think it will be on his shoulders 100 percent. i think josh berry's a heck of a race car driver um i just think the deck stacked in his i just think the deck stacked so i'm going to say josh berry parentheses Stuart haas You know, I'm going to, I'm going to build off that, um, Haas, you know, Stuart Haas racing has struggled these past couple of years. Um, I, I really feel bad for Kevin Harvick, uh, the way he retired, uh, he, he could have, you put him in any other car that a competitive car, you would have seen so many more results and Stuart Haas failed Kevin Harvick, but to expand upon that, uh, I know we breached, you know, F1 earlier news came out either today or yesterday, Gunther Steiner, who, yeah, Gunter Steiner is is out as team principal at Haas Racing F1. F1 has uh, yeah, cuz Gunter Steiner that was his baby. I mm-hmm. mean, honestly, the, he when Haas was created, they brought Gunter on to build that team and he has done so much. He put in and bring up Drive to Survive. He is a character of the F1 paddock. People he is a he was hilarious, you know. He had a he had a character. He had a unique personality, and now that he's out, Stuart Haas is or Haas Racing in F one has gone downhill in the past two or three seasons, and we see that at Stuart Haas as well. So something is not right with yeah. Haas CNC with uh, Tony Stewart and Stuart Haas. Something is not right in either of those camps, and it is affecting all aspects of motorsports racing for that entire team. So uh, I'm just going to say Stuart Haas Racing in general. They're going to be a massive disappointment, and it's not going to correct itself until we see some huge, huge changes. Just real real quick, just just to add the last thing. I've seen a lot of stuff come out of their social media camp lately about, oh, the haters and the doubters, and they've been going really hard with, like, these promos and things like that. None of that means anything if you don't change anything, you know. So I think they need to stop focusing on what people think about them, and start making results because talk is cheap. People's people's opinions and outlook will change with results. It's not going to change from you making a a sexy TikTok video. So it, it it's kind of uh, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over yes. and over yes. and over exactly. again and expecting yeah. different results. Hundred percent. And I do want to butt in real quick of Gavin commented. Um, he believes track house slash Chastain um, to be the disappointment of the, of the season. Uh, thoughts on that. I, I don't think Chastain's going to be a disappointment. I think if Daniel Suarez doesn't win a race this year, he's out. Mm-hmm. I know they built that, built that team around him, but he is nowhere near 
competing with Ross. I don't think Ross will be a disappointment. Will will he, you know, make the round of four or win a bunch of races? I don't know the answer to that, but I think Trackhouse made good moves during the off season. Uh, they're working closely with colleague. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross seems to have matured a lot on the racetrack. Um, so I don't think he'll be a disappointment, but to piggyback on what Gavin mentioned, if, if Daniel Suarez doesn't do something this season, I mean, he's, I, I don't see him making it to 25. So it will definitely be a good storyline this season. I know he's, he's probably on the hot seat and for somewhat good reason, he's definitely a talented driver, but I hope he does perform. I I think it, I think having Daniel is good for the sport and, you know, he seems like a, a, a good guy, good personality, but he's, he's got to do better. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I want to hear Richard's opinion on this. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I actually do too. <laughs> of my greatest disappointment for this season, I I Can't honestly don't. Me. Other than me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am a disappointment for everybody, so it's fine. Um no, I I I don't think I really have an opinion on it, hmm. honestly. Uh I mean, Is Adam really kind of I mean, Adam, I mean, you really, you really kind of took the only one that I can think of is Josh Berry. Yeah, the easy pick. Like, man, it, I thought that would be like, I thought someone's going to say Haley Deegan. I thought someone well, was going to go with. No, I, honestly, I, did, I think Haley Deegan is going to perform. I do too. I do too. I think she's <laughs> going to like perform better than anybody thinks she's going to perform. For sure. I think because, she's gonna, and I we talked about it. Well too. Yeah. We talked about it last podcast is like the truck series oh, is kind did. of a crapshoot. Like it's crap shot of a series. I mean, it's still good racing, but it's just yeah, it's a disaster. Though. It's it is. It is. I mean, look at the Phoenix race for the championship. It was just oh, kind of like yeah, I'm gonna wreck you so I can win kind of thing. It was, it was just kind of dumb. But Xfinity, there's a lot more. I feel there's a lot more. I say there's a lot more respect, but I mean, then you have Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed, who kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are Noah Gregson. Those are <sighs> exceptions to the rule. They're not the rule, though, as opposed but, to the Truck Series, where it's just yeah. And isn't Noah Gregson coming back into the Cup Series yes, next year or this uh, year? He is. Bruce Stewart Haas Racing. And I, so, you know what? On that I, note, I'm going to. Well, you know what? It's funny because we're, sh- we're just. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Jesus. We're shitting on Stuart Haas <laughs> right now. And it sucks because I. It Noah Gregson, it, I, I saw such promise with him with Legacy Motorsports. And it's just. It's sad what happened. I. I it can't, was unfortunate. It is very I, unfortunate. I have my own opinions on it, whatever. It was super yeah. unfortunate what happened. I'm glad to see he's coming back. But I hope with the talent of Josh Berry and Noah Gregson, I hope that Stuart Haas can see the issues they are having and see what they can do to help perform better. They have to course so correct. They do. But they I have do, to course correct. I'm going to have to say Noah Gregson for my my disappointment for the season. And I oh. think that's another good solid pick i don't want to say it's a cop-out again but yeah Stuart haas is just too easy to pick right now so i'm gonna throw a little little monkey in, uh, wrench in the monk in the works here um 23 <laughs> no 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 we have to stop please don't throw a monkey in my wrench all right please don't well, throw a wrench adam in just the got the monkey off his back <laughs> yeah well i'm taking that monkey and throwing him in the wrench um rude 2311 racing all the drama behind you know they have an all-star you know backing plus any hamlin there, there's a lot of unknowns about 2311 how how do we feel about that i i love them this year i um, think i th- yeah i think they're gonna be good yeah i think 2311 if you look on paper at least 
and even the intangibles they have and this is coming from somebody who doesn't like anybody on that team um or the owner but they have gotten better every year um bubba wallace for all of his flaws has gotten better every single year um and that's what they have to do you know what i mean i i think they're doing the i think they're doing the things they have to do and they haven't gotten worse you know what i mean i think when you look at a new team like that are they gonna slowly get better i think there's three options for a brand new team in nascar right now do they slowly get better and like a linear progression do they explode out of the gate and then burn out or do they just fall apart immediately and i think they're doing the first one so i think they're doing pretty well yeah and last week i picked bubba wallace as my dark horse or guy i expect to uh over overperform. i could have easily picked um tyler reddick as well um, he's a phenomenal driver. Uh, they yeah. have great backing with Toyota. Um, Toyota's Tyler new body will be interesting. Um, Tyler yeah. Reddick reminds me a lot of of Kyle Larson in ways. Um, he is slightly younger, well, marginally younger um, at this point. But I, I I think they're set up for a great season. Um, and as much as so you too. might hate Denny Hamlin, uh, I know most people maybe not hate. They don't like him as a driver, as a person. And as a businessman and as a as an owner, I feel like he is perfect for that team in developing both Bubba Wallace and uh, Tyler Reddick. But I agree. So I will go ahead and just wrap us up with uh, my biggest disappointment. Maybe it's not necessarily a disappointment, but just another bad year. Um, is someone who Gavin picked last week for his dark horse of Austin Cindric. Um, I think I put him in the same category as. Uh, as Suarez of I don't think Cindric's as good of a driver as Suarez is to be completely honest it's not <laughs> but it's also his make or break season uh he he bought so much time with that first <laughs> win at Daytona uh two years ago and what has he done for you since um it, it's the biggest question and I uh, go ahead sorry Steven no, no you don't you finish it basically just like Penske is a great team uh, I mean, you have Joey Logano and you have Ryan Blaney, your your last two champions coming out of Penske, but you have Austin Sindrick who's sitting 20th in points consistently and finishing outside the top 20 a lot. Um, so I think it's just going to be another same year for him. The only reason Austin Sindrick has a ride is because of his dad. Yep. That's the only reason. I, I mean, I, I don't have anything against the kid. I don't like him. I don't dislike him. Um, he has done nothing in NASCAR. I mean, obviously he won the 500, which is huge. And it's, but anybody can win the 500 now. Um, well, didn't he win an Xfinity series championship? Yes. Yeah, series series lights yeah. out in Xfinity. Sure. And you know what? That's, I shouldn't say NASCAR. He has done nothing in cup other than his 500 okay. win. And how, how many, is this his sixth season? Seventh season? Uh, oh, I thought third this was full time. Yeah. He, oh, is it only his he, third? Yeah, because I know they started him part time early, and then um, maybe that's his, what I'm. His first full time yeah. season was when he uh, he won the Daytona 500. Won the 500. Okay. Yeah. So, but you just, I think with a driver like that, you have to look at his team. You know what I mean? And his his teammates, even for all of Ford's problems early on in the season last year, his teammates are are winning races, mm -hmm. and they're they're performing top five, top ten excluding a few outliers every week. And I mean, I don't know what Austin Cendrick's final point position was, but not good. 
not great. I mean, all you need to know is he didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I mean. In a Penske car. Exactly. Like in a well, Ty Gibbs. It, yeah. Ty Gibbs almost made the playoffs in his rookie season he's without winning a race. With Joe Gibbs, and, and obviously they have great equipment. We all sure know he that. is, but he's still a he what, is twenty year old rookie. Far superior to Austin Cindric. And I I always think back to Matt DiBenedetto. I love him to death. Um, yes, he was in the 21 Wood Brothers car, but he gets partnership with um, Penske. Yeah. Um, I, I just always think of, man, what if they gave that ride to, to Benedetto? Like, I bet you he would I be know. in the playoffs. I mean, he would be consistent playoff and win maybe a race or two a year potentially. Like, it's just sad to me that, that someone like Cindric and I, I don't hate the guy as a person by any means. I just, I really don't like him as a driver. Um, I, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those situations that we find ourselves in, 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 in modern racing period, not just NASCAR, but you know, he's not so much a paid driver. He, you know what I mean? But the, obviously his dad being who his dad is within that company is going to afford him opportunities and chances that almost anybody else in the garage area are, are not going to get. Um, that's my opinion on Gavin it. Gavin says Logano is out in the first round and they figured something out after to help Blaney. That may be the case, but at the end of the day, yes, Logano and Blaney are world-class drivers. Cindric is not. Why is he on the team? He needs to be done. But I don't disagree with your sentiment at all, sir. It's not spiteful at all. But do you have anything else you'd like to to add? You know, it just comes down to that teamwork, you know, all those teams sharing information, crew chiefs, drivers, you know, pit crew. Um, we definitely know that uh, it's especially Joe Gibbs uh, pit crew, especially uh, they changed a lot of moving parts during the playoffs to help those drivers that are in the playoffs. And uh, I think Penske saw that Ryan Blaney had a better shot than Logano and Logano, uh, Logano was streaky. Uh, he started yeah, off, he I, if I'm, if I remember correctly, he started the season off really hot. I mean, he was top five lights out the first four or five races, something like that, and then he fell off. So it's you gotta it's a chess match. Every time you go out there, you gotta put your pieces in the best spot to win. And yep. Penske did it with Ryan Blaney. Look at Logano last season. You know what I mean? Mm, he, mm-hmm. Joey Logano didn't do anything and until the not, end, until the until playoffs, the and they yeah. figured it out, and they did exactly. the same thing this year. And they Matt Kenseth wasn't movie. even there either. <laughs> I wish he was back just to wreck him one more time. Oh, that'd be great. I don't, I don't have anything else to add on that, but just real quick, I wanted to, we started the podcast talking out a lot about teamwork and we ended it talking about teamwork, which is nice, but I just appreciate everybody here that's doing the podcast, Carl, Richard, Steven, and thank you guys for doing this and for, for having me on. And thank you guys and, and Gavin and, you know, Nick and Rev and, and everybody behind the scenes who's helped Kickers make, I'm talking about people right now <laughs> who have helped build this and, and make it is make it what it is right now. And we're only, we're only going to go up, I think. So, and obviously he- thank the sponsors, but kicker, idealist, Travis, <laughs> and Dance Pizza. <laughs> You know, Adam, uh, yes, we have great people, but it also takes a great leader to create a great team. And I, we got it. We got it all. So, you know, pat yourself on the pat, pat everyone else on the back. Let's, uh, I I love this. Let's let's keep going forward. Keep those pictures coming. I'll stay around. 
Oh, you don't have to worry about that. They're very easy to write because <laughs> they don't exist. Well, I'm, I'm, thank you all for coming out. I, I know this has been a very long episode, um, but at the end of the day, I, I've had a great time discussing everything with y'all. Um, it's always a great conversation when we get together. Uh, we're sitting at two hours and 39 minutes now. Um, so this will be fun to go back and edit a little bit um, to fit. But uh, thank you again to uh, to Carl, Richard, Adam. Thank you all. Um, wanted to thank our viewers. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, please be sure to uh, share and like the podcast. Um, it will be on Spotify and Apple Podcast um, tomorrow morning, hopefully. We'll see. I know mm-hmm. it's pretty late on the East Coast. Uh, it's getting late here in Central. Um, but also, real quick, if you do have any questions or anything you would like us to uh, bring up on next week's show, please send us an email at brbracingleagues at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to work it into the uh, the podcast. Um, I do also want to thank Butt Kicker, Sundance Pizza, Trivista, and Idealist. Um, Idealist, sorry, uh, for supporting BRB Racing League. Um, thank you for your time again, Richard, Adam, and Carl. Uh, good luck next week at Coda. I will see you all on track, and uh, hopefully, I can uh, get the win, like Carl said. You mean take Carl out? Yeah, I mean, I'll do that too. That, that, that's a road <laughs> for me and my, for me and Carl. The uh, first one, then the other. Yeah. It's gonna be exciting. Yes, it'll yeah. be a great time. So please don't miss it. It will be on uh, Virtual Racing Network's YouTube channel um, this coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. So thank you all again. Thank you. Thank you, guys.